going to be a problem andrew <laughs> <laughs> hello and welcome to another episode of milkshakes and mimosas where today we're going on an adventure not a voyage uh, not a voyage not a fantastic <laughs> not a vo- one <laughs> not, not a fantastic voyage uh but we're talking about all the don bluth related filmation that these are all filmation right dax yes uh, i'll introduce yes, you in a are. second but that was weird <laughs> to ask you a question uh, well, look, so we all, all know Don dax Blues... did the research and the rest of us yeah. showed up <laughs> <laughs> exactly okay yeah that's what we're talking about and i'm not joined alone obviously uh as long as you people can hear that too and i'm not going insane uh, I have the two wonderful <laughs> co-hosts of the Bluth, the whole Bluth, and nothing but the Bluth, uh, Dak Schaefer. Hello. And Sarah Iyer. Hi. Oh, we should have done the name of our podcast the way we do it on the show where we all want to, you know, well, the whatever. Blu- it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that. No, no, no. But it's because distance recordings have made it really hard to actually sync saying something together because oh, yeah. it's oh, like goodness. you say it and then the other person just is is a second off no matter no matter how you try to do it. So, um, all right. Well, but well, thank you, fine. Andrew, yeah. for yeah. having us both on here. This is um, this is funny because like I think both Sarah and I have previous connections to this podcast. Um, well, no, not really. Or, well, I mean, or you? No, Andrew's been on your yes, podcast. Sarah, Andrew's been I on two of my other podcasts, but not our podcast. Right? You, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe we'll. Maybe we'll address that at some point. Yeah, it's gonna. It's gonna probably be. I'm gonna just address this off the fr- front because it might be weird whiplash for people who are listening to the intro theme. Uh, Dax is one of the parts of our wonderful intro theme that you yeah, hear. Hello. So you're getting you're getting a double dose of Dax, which is oh my god. Nice. Dax yeah, also um, did the theme song for the Percast along with Annalise, who also yes. does the theme yes. Song. So Annalise and I did the theme song for the Percast, and as well as this theme song for Milkshakes and Mimosas. Although I was wondering if you're going to open with that because we're not really talking about Riverdale. We're talking about the old the old filmation cartoons. So I was wondering. Are you, the... Were you going to throw it back to the sugar sugar theme, theme just for the, for the sake of relevancy? <laughs> no, that theme is long gone and buried, <laughs> where it shall never be found again. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny because this episode is kind of almost a sequel in a way 
to the episode that you and Annalise were on about the musical history right, of, right. Of, of Archie because a lot of these um, filmation stuff features a lot of musical elements. And <laughs> one of the shows I completely missed in our original discussion because I had no idea that the Groovy Ghoulies, one of the things we're going to talk about, was actually a spinoff of Sabrina. So it's technically an Archie property. I had no idea. Yeah, it's all part of the um, ACU as we will soon find out, the the Archie cartoon universe. Um, that also, there was, oh, yeah. There I was, in fact, a continuity to all to, to those series across each other. I'm sorry, well, Sarah, what I also, were you saying? Well, I just want to say, too, that just in terms of my experience with all this stuff, I have watched some of Riverdale, and I think that was I'm where sorry. I started to... <laughs> it's where I started to realize... Like, that's when I think I found out that Riverdale... And Sabrina, like all these were kind of connected because I grew up watching the Sabrina TV show. Right. And the Sabrina TV show, I have a whole thing written out about yeah. this that we can get to. But, but the Sabrina TV show was not set in Riverdale or Greendale. It was actually oh. set in Massachusetts, I believe. What? So, um, Whoa. They, okay. The, I can't wait to see. That's fascinating. Yeah. Because the Sabrina sitcom kind of distanced itself a little bit from the Archie universe. Um mm. But that's a whole, I have a whole disambiguation about Sabrina series for when we get to that point that I would love to go over. I'm ready um, to talk perfect. about Salem. I, I, yes, I was about to say, one of the biggest discussion will be Salem and his cha- constantly changing coats. Oh my God. Orange Salem bothered me more yes. than it should have. Yes. <laughs> no, but Sabrina... Sabrina came from Archie, so like, yeah, it's interesting if you if yeah if you didn't know that from the other series, and there's been difficulty with them um, crossovering Riverdale and Chilling uh, Adventures of Sabrina because I guess Sabrina's now ending, right? The new one is on its yeah. Last. I think the the last hurrah, so they could actually just you know take the rights and 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 go with it. Um, I think they're going to do a comic about it because they're not getting another seat. I, I vaguely remember oh, looking at something that they were going to, they're going to do it in some form, but maybe not in the shows. But also I remember right. actually on your percast episode, Andrew, I think that was where I heard it. Weren't you saying that they weren't owned by the same company or whatever? I, so they, yeah. They because like Netflix, because they couldn't, because Netflix owned the rights to, uh, and were like paying for all the production of Sabrina. That's why they never really crossed over um for the shows uh as as they were and now that they're canceled i think that just kind of puts it up puts it up in the air like i think they could cross over if they really wanted to now because uh, it just goes back i would imagine once the uh, netflix's license expires it just goes back to archie hmm. uh like the the head company uh, but you know that's you know that's for our exciting Archie well, Wrights podcast and multiple and well and that's an issue kind of in this as well to some degree because uh, as you pointed out in our texting before the podcast, uh, Josie and the Pussycats is not part of the filmation uh, Archie universe because Hanna Barbera got the rights to it, so. <laughs> There's a right. whole mess this, kind of there as well. Yes, there is. And that kind of brings me to one of the one of the parts of that really wanted to make me invite both of you on is because I was listening to the whole Bluth. We don't even feel like saying the whole name. And on it, you guys had kind of briefly mentioned about like the filmation era and everything that 
that Don Bluth did. And then Sarah went, oh, that kind of like, you know, a lot of these sound like Scooby-Doo, a lot of these, a lot of these things. To which I was like, oh, this is when Dax is going to remember when he was on my podcast (laughs) and I revealed that that Scooby-Doo was a ripoff of the Archies. And this is where it's all going to come full circle, baby. And I I was like, oh. I was going to interject something there, but for whatever reason, that conversation just kept carrying, and I didn't. I couldn't find a point to like round back onto. It was probably it. me. I probably we had derailed that, it. Well, that was for that was that was Sarah, I, Matt, and Chris. I believe were all on oh, that yeah. one episode. Was... So <laughs> you're trying to wrangle like four people into a conversation. Some it, it's actually really hard to bring up the history sometimes because oh, yeah. you don't want to oh, yeah. interrupt the flow of what people are talking about. And then sometimes you get so far away from it that it's kind of like. Well, all right, I'll just kind of leave that behind and not talk about it. Right. But I did think about oh, of that. Of course. Of course. I, I, I was mostly just joshing. Uh, no, but that's nobody... what, so I'm so glad that you asked us to do this because part of me was like, oh, I would like to go into this. and like I would like to kind of do a deeper dive into all the filmation stuff that Don Bluth did because it's almost like a lost era within his body of work. Um, and so actually, Sarah and I should give... For, for your listeners who may not Sorry, be familiar, I'm doing, I'm doing a bad, with... bad job introducing you. <laughs> we just no, assume I just everyone make sure, knows Don Bluth, I guess. Because but... yeah, not everyone knows who Don Bluth yeah. is, and and um, but just a quick recap of his career. He he did Secret of Nam, Land Before Time, All Dogs Go to Heaven, Anastasia, Troll in Central Park, uh, Titan A.E., <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, an American Tale, the original, not not Five Goes West, but the original, um, and so. We've Sarah and I had a crazy idea over a year ago to because uh, we would always talk about Don Bluth movies to <laughs> and I would frequently be a guest on Sarah's podcasts um, that it would maybe be fun to like actually do a podcast talking about Don Bluth's films in some vague chronological order, which we've broken a few times. But um, that was yeah. So like a year ago, we started this podcast and um I, it's been what what a fantastic voyage it has been. Um, <laughs> oh, no, from... no, Dax. I was about to say so many nice things about the podcast, no. <laughs> and then you bring it back to that thing that I'm staring at in the room that I don't want to address, no. but I know I have to address it. No, I mean it's I we we make too many puns on on our yeah. Anastasia episode. It was like I think we made like five Journey to the Past jokes at some point well, in time. Well, and so. because that episode came out in May, we were able to use the hashtag that we invented, Anastasia. That's right. That's right. Although it's sad because it was just it was just July, and we wanted to do Gelatin AE, but <laughs> yeah, but we didn't. We didn't get there. But we didn't get there in time, so that hashtag is dead forever, um, never to be used. Um, Titan but, but, A-August? A-August, I yeah. A-August? I, we probably won't get to it for a few months yeah. yet. But... Well, I think if, it, if it's January... Titan wait, A nebulous time period. Right. Wait, 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 didn't I come up with one for January? Like... Jan- oh, July. No, wait, January. Wait, what? What was? Didn't I have one for Jan? Jan- oh, January AE. No. <laughs> I can't remember. I mean, that's I think- right. Maybe it worked better in text because. So, so but anyway, to give context to who the hell we yeah. even are, um, it's uh, yeah. Sarah and I have been doing a podcast about a bunch of yeah, and we well Don not Bluth just movies. yeah not just on Bluth movies like we also have non Bluth episodes where we talk about just animation like. 
we love talking about animation and that's how podcasts all start it's like oh we talk about this thing all the time why don't we just do a podcast (laughs) that's literally how all my podcasts have started (laughs) (laughs) well and to give a little context to to this time frame um the episode that you referred to andrew we were talking about primarily don bluth's disney days his his time spent Mm -hmm. animating at disney which um started actually he worked on sleeping beauty actually way back which came out in uh, 59 and he was working under john lansbury um and learned from him and he also worked on the sword in the stone and he may have worked on other disney stuff uh, around that era as well but he actually left um after only like a year or two and then he went on mission work uh, for he's a few Mormon. years because yeah, he he's Mormon. Mormon. Um, yeah, oh. he went. Oh. He went. Yeah, he went to um, Argentina. As uh, let me pull this. I have a, a thing here from Cataru, which is uh, uh, it's text from a book called "The Animated Films of Don Bluth" by John Colley. Um and it says that uh, yeah. Uh, He went on a mission for a Mormon church to Argentina. After two and a half years, he returned to Los Angeles, but not to a career in animation. Though he worked at Disney as an assistant on The Sword in the Stone for around a year, his main efforts were in live theater. He opened the Bluth Brothers Theater with his younger brother, Fred, in an old supermarket in Culver City. They produced musical plays with local talent for two to three years. The shows included such traditional favorites as The Music Man and The Sound of Music. Often Don was the musician playing the piano. One attendee stated it was like an old movie musical where kids decide to put on a show in the barn. <laughs> in a barn. So I know we've so, probably gone over all this on our podcast, but I don't remember any of it. So I'm like, oh. We may, I don't know if I went over this specifically. I don't, I don't, yeah, the Culver City supermarket thing. I feel like I would have remembered that, but I don't yeah, remember I'm stuff. like, I, I'm just sitting here like, what? This is <laughs> a fantastic voyage. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> So still, and it says here, still not finding what he was looking for, he returned to college and finally graduated with a degree in English literature. Afterwards, Don decided to try again at animation. In 1967, he began working at Filmation, where he worked in layout. In his spare time, Don organized a group of young singers and called them the new generation. Numbering 60 at one time, the group toured around the States and even Mexico. Though he was making a good wage at Filmation, working on such series as The Archies and Sabrina, he wasn't satisfied. Uh, Here's a quote from him. I realized that all... I realized that all of that industry out there was really making trashy art that wasn't good for kids to look at and eventually ended up in the trash can anyway. Everything was for money. Nothing was for art, recalled Don in 1976. Um, And then and there's another final quote here from him. I grew tired of that and said, well, if I'm going to do this for a living, why don't I go back to Disney? Because they do it right. Huh. So that was to to put a... And then he left Disney. <laughs> and then he eventually left Disney later on uh, to do Secret of Nim. Um, so yeah, they left. he left Disney in what, 78 around that time? Something do you remember, like Sarah? Yeah. Because um, Secret and, of Nim came out in like 81 or 82, 82 I think. Yeah. And they I mean, had finished Banjo and Woodpile Cat as well. <laughs> and they worked on Xanadu. But so in the early 80s, Don kind of started going off into his feature career with his own crew that he had kind of sort of stolen from disney when he left um but uh yeah so there is this period of time where it bookended by working at disney yeah but there's like a four-year or we or however long it was um that that he was working at filmation and was a layout artist primarily which to explain what that is 
layout is somebody who um so you would get storyboards and then the layout artist would have to take the the backgrounds that were kind of scribbled or implied in the storyboards and would actually have to create the layout for the animation of that background and then those drawings would be handed off to background painters who would make the finalized backgrounds but essentially you were in charge of laying out the camera that of the scene that uh, the animation would be put against. So, oh. and that makes sense because like Don always, I thought has had really strong backgrounds in his films. So it, to me, he probably had like a lot of experience on this, not just as being an animator, but from filmation, it sounds like he got experience working in background. Like, so hmm. I'm glad anyway. you explained that because I couldn't, I even looked up what layout people do layout people is the official <laughs> term um <laughs> and it's you know it basically was saying like it's kind of like the camera person yeah sort of you basically yeah. were trying to figure out the, the the actual background that the animation would then take place in hmm. so it but it yeah it, it, it's not a thing that unless you really look into the production side of animation that you might know what that even means. And he has an even weirder credit on the Archie spe special that we're going to talk about, which is designed by. Yeah. So, and no that's not a credit. I don't, I hadn't seen it on any of the other ones too, which I, I as, but if I had to guess, I'd say like maybe was a step below art director, but hmm. uh, we will talk about that when we get to it. Anyway, sorry, Andrew. I like, I just wanted <laughs> no. to give all of that um, kind of, set up to to who we're talking about in yes. context of all this Archie content that, that was <laughs> right, produced at yeah. Filmation. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we're going to talk about the Archie stuff and the more Archie adjacent stuff. We're going to, like, backload that because yes. there's some stuff we have to get through first. Okay. And, and, and for what I'm going to – like, there – so the first thing we're talking about is the Fantastic Voyage TV series. In case and people don't know the, from all the times we've said Fantastic Voyage, we are talking about <laughs> Fantastic Voyage. That we were hinting at. <laughs> that we were hinting at. And Fantastic Certainly. Voyage, have, have either of you guys seen the film Fantastic Voyage? I no. have not. Did you watch it? You, I think yes. you said you're... Yes, okay. I did actually watch it in preparation for this. I've always wanted to watch it because it is supposed to be one of the big special effects spectacles of like the early and the mid to late 60s. And uh, it, it was up to the snuff. And it really is indicative of animation has ripped so much off from Fantastic oh, really? Voyage. Every time you see a TV show where they insert characters into someone's body a mini mm -hmm. version of them right and they have to like fight a cold or they have to like <laughs> solve an injury or they have to travel through fight the a heart virus. fight a virus you know whatever um that is directly uh a parody and a reference to okay fantastic voyage because that's what they do in in the series and interestingly enough the the well, movie you... it's all live action so it's all done with miniatures and these like wow. elaborate sets. And yes. it looks beautiful. Well, it's really just somebody just filmed a lava lamp for like 30 minutes. Right, but it right. it looks pretty. <laughs> so you're telling me, you're telling me that the Magic School Bus <laughs> yeah. Yeah. didn't have an original concept. <laughs> Wait, but I'm thinking Hey, of... hey, hey, they surfed on a sound wave, okay? That's all that. <laughs> but I'm thinking of all these, like I've seen this concept so many times. We've all seen it so many times. Like they do it Futurama. in Futurama. They do it in rick and morty like yeah, are you I think saying there was a this whole... is the first one 
Yeah, yeah. As far as far as I can tell, now I, now there might be some like old adventure comics where it happens. Like that's a there's there there is that slight. This is the big famous one. This is the first one I was able to find that like the way that they design their ships in the animation uh, afterwards to reference this. It is a reference to this movie. I can't hundred percent say it was the first though because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of dell and gold key comics that are all these like adventure comics that were like made way back in the 40s and 50s that are impossible to track down because nobody properly archived them and they have all kinds of wacky stuff in them so so it may be but i mean there i think there was even like a full season of archer where like they did uh, a big thing where they were like shrunk down and put oh. inside of a body or something like that. I don't, I don't that. know if it was Wait, the whole really? season, but there was an <laughs> maybe episode. It was, there okay, was an maybe episode it was just an episode. For sure. Yeah, okay, where they went episode, inside. But... I love those. I love those episodes <laughs> of any show where they shrink down and go in someone's body. <laughs> and yeah, does... it's, a, it's a great concept. <laughs> yeah. um, and the movie is good. The TV right. show is not. <laughs> and the TV show... And so some things about the, the, the movie before we get into the TV show is... Um, the movie, all all white people, no mysticism, <laughs> no eye patches, no. Uh, okay, no, I was wondering. No, no twelve hour time limit. Uh, there are some like there are some beats where a character goes, a woman can't be on this mission. Okay, but the, woman <laughs> the sexism is, is still like, there. The sexism is still there, and it's 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 that interesting, um, very early sci-fi sexism where like the female character is like actually the one who does all the work and she's like not like a damsel in distress and she's smarter than like all of the dudes but like the screenwriters are like but a woman we gotta make sure that it, we might be trying to be feminist but we gotta make sure those guys smoking the cigars are okay and we have to at least have one but they have a woman com- they, they comment about it that's like at the beginning of, yeah. of the first episode is uh when they're recruiting everybody, there's like the one dude, like a woman. What? 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 Oh no! Wait, but I just made me realize that the line in because I wrote it down here. The line in in the in the cartoon is a woman, and then uh, the the nerd kid goes, "You said it, sir." Afterwards, <laughs> oh, like, by the way, like if the internet existed, we would need to keep tabs on that guy. Anyway, <laughs> do not trust that nerdy kid. What is it, Bugsy? Is he Bugs oh, Bubsy? I was gonna Bugsy? say Dilton was his name, or is that? A, am I like thinking? <laughs> no, of, no, no, of... no, no, no. Dilton is Dilton's an Archie. Archie. Dilton's an Archie. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm mixing all There's these two together. Two nerd too. kids. <laughs> two nerd kids. But I think that the TV version of Fantastic Voyage is a more of a playoff and trying to rip off Johnny Quest in the way that like the, the oh, totally. scenario is set totally. up and the way that the like cast is set up like who's all in the cast and who you're including in the cast it, um, it all it, seems very Johnny Quest it, it felt very super friend which super friends came later i think but super friends Johnny Quest and like i would say like space ghost or Birdman, like mix it all a little bit together you get that general vibe well you know what uh, this kind of made me think of because i haven't seen any of those other ones but i was thinking of well c lab 2021 right 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 c lab right c lab 2020 uh, yeah the original c lab it's a hannah barbera but i think part of it is that it's like this hannah barbera ish animation low you know low budget animation style too which, very low budget yeah. and we should like I guess w- one quick clarification, I guess also <laughs> before going through all of these, is that um, w- I thought it'd be funny <laughs> if we did 
an episode from each of the series that Don Bluth had worked on when he was at Filmation. So we only watched one. We only mm-hmm. watched the first episode for this. Um, and that's a good thing. I yeah, that, that is that <laughs> is a good enough. thing. And honestly, though, I I kind of wanted to watch maybe like one or two more episodes just to see <laughs> how in hell that the intro the intro to this is like there's a mysterious ghost ship that no right, one can right. stop. There's like a snowstorm. No, no. Yeah, the, the the things they give are so weird. Where it's just like a disappearing pirate ship, a snowstorm that leaves no trace of snow on the ground, a mysterious cube in the desert of Central Asia reduces ra- that reduces radar guidance systems twelve about thousand miles away to ruin it was like what are the but and your solution is to shrink people into but it's like yeah it's like these incredible happenings uh which the, the title of my divorce biography by the way is is definitely going to be that but the, the, like uh, these incredible happenings are we must make microscopic humans <laughs> I, I just have questions about this thought process man i don't know <laughs> I, have, I have i have i have just have so many questions i was like how are they gonna solve any of that what are they gonna do to the ghost ship the ghost ship like oh my god you, like because it's not like a, a mechanical ship presumably well, like, like how are you gonna get to it when you're tiny <laughs> and you're going across like a sea if anything they should be making everyone giant right <laughs> <laughs> right right see now you're thinking yeah but no these guys can't even handle getting put into a drop of ocean water like that's right. the pilot they get put into that a, was like, the a test of... that was that the was test, test and two of them almost died they all almost died and then they they're like oh it's a rousing died. success it's like well i don't know man i'd be rethinking this if i were if I had this outcome. Like, you know how many germs are, like, in the regular world? Like, you could barely handle this one. And all it did is, like, kind of look at you funny. Like, it didn't say anything. You just oh got, you were bad at driving, and you got stuck on one of its quills. You, like, drove into it and impaled yourselves. That's your fault, not it. Yeah. It was <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I guess, I'm trying to think of, like, the fastest way to, like, summarize this one. <laughs> Um, the only thing I wrote in my notes is guru racist question mark. That's literally I, all I have. And, and it shouldn't even be a question mark. I, it should just it's be. not. I have, a, I have, a, I have a, a, a thing to talk about his inclusion, though, um, that I think since you brought it up, I don't mean to, to get you off track. No, decks, that's literally yeah. all no, no, I no. have. I, I, also, I also wrote in my notes, oh, no, they have a turban superhero with mystical powers. <laughs> it's just like yeah, I don't I, I don't like where this is going. The gem it's in his very, turban has powers, yeah. Mm. It's it's very strange um that in that period um you know they they were able to have like more uh Middle Eastern characters that would be heroes. Like it's not good. It's super racist. It's just very surprising that uh, you know they're included on the team, like they're in Johnny, like the the kid in Johnny Quest. Right. Uh, I think like on the big screen, all of those Sinbad movies. Now all of those Sinbad movies are all white guys, but like they're they're the heroes, and they're supposed to be from the Middle East, right? So there's like a very interesting uh, like dichotomy. Uh, is that they're like still within the hero cast, but like it's still super racist. So it's yeah. like that weird nebulous zone where you're like, you don't see a lot of animated characters that do have like hijabs or like turbans or anything like that until like very recently. Uh, I can recall like where they were actually done well. Like there's a really good mm-hmm. character in the the new Young Justice season that like really handles oh, it cool. well. 
Um, but for the most part, there's not a lot of inclusion, especially if you look at the 80s. Like, I can't think of anyone in the 80s cartoons. Mm. Well, I can't even, yeah, just... like, I mean, I mean, I think, even I think, now think in, of like... like, films and stuff, that you never see anyone wearing a turban unless it's, like, the you know, I, I don't know. I well, it's almost, it. It, it's almost like the attempt at diversity but like it's still not because in super friends they would do the same thing where they had like apache <laughs> chief super friends, it's very you know bad. and it's Black just like ah. and like oh it's all bad well the intent but, but, the intent wasn't diversity either it was like we need someone who's mystical and you know right i i mean yeah so guru is is <laughs> uses the powers of magic and illusion to receive the secrets of the spirit world i wrote here and it's like he's talking when you see him He's talking. He's like talking to Calcifer. Like he's talking to like this flame creature about receiving the secrets of the of the mystis. I have no idea, but like <laughs> he's receiving secrets from some some fire creature about the world that he's the only human being deemed, I guess, worthy to receive them. Um, but uh, yeah, then there's a line later. I wrote this down specifically where and the, the nerd kid's name is Busby Birdwell. I. <laughs> Um, and and on a watch list. Guru says something about like, do not be afraid. Uh, and Busby responds with, "Afraid? I'm not afraid. No half baked witch doctor in a turban can call me afraid." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, that's the tone. That's the that's the tone we're going for here, I guess." Uh, so, no, not uh, not the biggest fan Busby? of this one in particular. Oh. No, no. And I like it seemed like a weird thing to tackle. <clears throat> I haven't seen a lot of Johnny Quest. Like I I've seen Johnny Quest, but I was like really young when I used to watch Johnny Quest because I used to like have a relative who had boomerang, so I just like live off of that stuff. Um but I don't recall if it's as bad in Johnny Quest, but it seems like a bad idea to do a action based cartoon with this level of animation. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. you just can't really do what you'd normally do in an action cartoon, right? Like, right. It's 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 very strange. It's very strange. Um, that's why that's why the new adventures of Johnny Quest or Quest World. What was it? I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> that's why the, the most I know about Johnny Quest is Venture Brothers. Oh, okay, to yeah, be that's true. Venture, <laughs> Venture Brothers is a is a better take on on the on the premise. Well, I think I think. B- race bannon shows up if i'm not mistaken in venture brothers at one point like they I act- think so the quest characters actually exist in that world which is sort of funny um but uh but yeah so anyway it was other notes here so the other the other sort of the, because they get a team together right um which is the uh oh frick what did they call it it's the cmdf combined oh, yeah. which is- miniature defense force oh. which is from the movie Okay. I was so, like, as soon as I saw the movie, I was like, wait, they didn't make that up for their show? Guys, you guys could have done a take two on naming this. <laughs> they like, need a bad acronym. acronym. Like, who can even remember <laughs> that, you know? So so there's that. So they, uh, along with Guru, they have Commander Jonathan Kidd, who I, he's like diving, deep, deep sea diving when they first <laughs> find him, and he's fighting like an octopus. Patch? Yeah, he, he reminds me of Falcon 7, of Phil Ken 7 from Harvey Birdman. Uh, if you're familiar with that, like just because he he's like you know this sort of uh, handsome man with an eye patch, so it's like this is a funny kind of uh, trope, I guess, for a character. But there's him. There's uh, Erica Lane, who is the, the medical. Woman. 
a woman, a medical... A woman? A, a woman, you said it, uh, is a medical <laughs> and biologist expert. Um, and then we have Busby Birdwell, who's also roped into doing it, even though he didn't know he was going to... He was going to do it. It's it's very strange that he's the pilot, right? Like, he's the one who's actually, like, driving. I, I, or is that a captain? Is that a ca- it's a captain of a submarine, not a I pilot? guess so. Yeah. Anyways, he's driving. Driving. It. He's driving it. <laughs> he's, and I'm like, really? Like, he, from usually when they do the stereotype of that character, he's, like, behind in the control room being like, did you connect the blabulator to the <laughs> And then, like. To the flip they, widget? Yeah, exactly. They, like, solve their problem. I mean, he looks exactly like a Thunderbirds character from the same time. No, totally, that totally. is well, always he, in the background. And right? he's being so. a total dick the whole time, too. So cause, like, so mean. There's a Because there's a moment, too, where, like, Guru is talking to Eric. They're looking around at the magic of this micro world. And it's like, he says, there are many worlds, Erica, besides ours. and And he's just like... Other worlds, what baloney! And it's like, what a fucking asshole! I'm sorry, I don't remember if we're allowed to swear. On your oh no, you can, you can fucking, fucking go at it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, Jesus, what the? And it's like, you're seeing this for the first time, this like micro dimension, and you're just like, other worlds. It's, I don't know. I hated him because because in the in the movie they have like a very similar discussion. But, like, it's a movie, and it's got actors, and it was well-written. So it's, like, it just seemed like a natural conversation between the two, where they're like, could you really believe there's not a creator with how well this system works? And then the guy's oh, like, nice. posh, science is the king! <laughs> um, and you're like, okay, it's, it's that discussion, which is, like, fine, but it works so much better there when, one, <laughs> like, when it's not, like... You literally have a magician in front of you who, when you tried to communicate with him, he jumped through the TV and he could talk through the TV. Like, how do you do ma- How do you do magic? I don't understand it. I'm like, this. This is this like is, uh, an X Files situation. Kinda. Yeah, it's like season eight X Files. It's like oh, if, no. if X Files opened and like aliens like landed in front of Mulder and Scully, and then like Scully's like, no. Which no. Which episode oh. does this remind you of the most, Sarah? Um, of X Files. I don't think any of them, but I, I will say, <laughs> they, they I was just looking up how long this show aired. Um, it's only 17 half-hour episodes aired from September 14th, 1968 through January 4th, 1969. So, you know, it didn't last very long. It didn't last the, long. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's. It, it, I, I wonder, like, when they officially started to do TV cartoon spinoffs of movies. Like, I wonder if this is actually, mm. like, notable for being early in that cycle. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine this is, hmm. like, early in, like, TV animation. I, I don't know. Well, because fact, TV wasn't even that old at this time, right? TVs yeah. Were, like, yeah. the 50s, exactly. right? So. And this was, yeah, that's the reason it's all limited is they didn't have the mm-hmm. budget, you know, to do great animation on a on a weekly. You know, it had to, it had to be churned out. Um, so it's, I yeah, a hum... Humble beginnings, let's call it all. But uh, no, I think this one, I don't know. What other final notes do I have here? A pencil nearly kills them. Uh, oh, yeah. And they get skewered by a spiny thing. Yeah, because the guy's like scratches his head and then a pencil falls down <laughs> near the drop of water. 
and like right. causes an earthquake. I or... A very this... similar thing happens happens in the movie as well. They're like in the inner ear canal, and like uh, somebody drops the thing in the, oh, the room, okay. the waiting room, and like the ear starts like shaking, right? Like so they they go through to make it like a little bit more realistic in the movie, where they're like, oh yeah, the ear is where you pick up vibration, so it's very sensitive, blah blah blah, right? So you're like, oh, okay, neat. that makes that makes a little more sense, right? Like they, they thought everything through for the movie and then they just like threw that all out yeah. and they're like, let's do it again. I'm, I'm wondering if that Futurama episode is more reminiscent of the Fantastic Voyage movie than the Fantastic Voyage show is, you know? Maybe. Probably because I, those, the, the writers of like Futurama are, are smart, are smart. And I, I don't right. know how well known this cartoon is to be yeah. honest. Like this version. <clears throat> if, if I hadn't been looking through the filmation Don Bluth, you know list i would i i doubt i would have ever found this mm. um but yeah and so then they um they get spe- skewered onto a spiny creature and then uh guru guides the kid character not not a kid character but the guy named kid <laughs> jonathan kid he like jonathan. mentally guides him to the nerve center of the creature's mind so they can fuck its mind basically so they can get away <laughs> And then, and then he gets poisoned on the way back, and that's when Erica Lane becomes useful, and she cures him with seaweed. You know what's uh, okay? I don't remember from the witch this. doctors of Borneo. She learned that. Oh one. my god! I don't remember. Okay, yeah, I watched I... this. I just want to say that I watched this very late at night during a day. It was the day um, that we had those earthquakes really early in the morning. So oh I was no! Very very tired, and <laughs> I don't remember some of this, but I did watch this episode. <laughs> And that's fair. That's fair. Uh, that's, also, that, my... is, that is so fair. I think we have talked more about this cartoon right now <laughs> than like maybe for the last like 50 years. <laughs> anyone has <laughs> like, ever looked at it. This has yeah. been the most anyone has ever even thought about this episode. It's a weird, it's a weird little artifact. I also noticed throughout it, there were a lot of sound effects that seemed like they were used in like Super Friends or something, where it's like, it. I feel like the shrinking and growing sound effects sounded like Apache Chief growing in, from Super Friends or something. So it, it's funny sure more from that. Effects, yeah. It's funny more from the context of like seeing what these tv animation studios were doing at the time and they were probably stealing from each other you know like constantly so it's if you have an interest in old tv animation maybe take a look at it but it's you can skip this one i think i'm i'm looking at filmation on wikipedia and this is so mean wikipedia is so mean it says as with other producers of saturday morning cartoons filmation was more concerned with quantity rather than quality (laughs) (laughs) But then it says I don't know they if it's did... mean. No, I think well, it's no, accurate. It's true. Yeah. Um, it's mean because it's true. Uh, but they mentioned that like Filmation um, worked on some stuff that was a little better, I guess. Like Star Trek the Animated Series. They did Flash Gordon. They did, um, you know, Archie stuff. So Filmation did a lot of stuff. Uh, I think people would be surprised to see how much they've actually done versus yeah. how much they remember. <laughs> like, I don't think I've seen most of what they've done, but... And then the oh yeah the, oh wow there's a whole list here on wiki of all the of all the different they did an Aquaman, um, Aquaman wait Aquaman ah uh, yeah it says a uh, new oh new adventures of Superman they did adventures of Superboy they did oh, they, uh, adventures did they lose it oh of no Batman? they lost they lost the rights to all those DC. characters they lost the DC that's interesting 
huh they did a tarzan ser- yeah so again they were direct competitors with uh with hanna barbera and so there was a, a tug back and forth of certain certain properties um but anyway uh should we should we move on to the next fabulous <laughs> yes we should move on to the next fabulous thing which is aka the speed round because i don't know how how long i can think about jerry lewis <laughs> oh so this um, one i also just I, want to say i didn't watch this whole one i looked at a couple you know spots i just skimmed through it and i was like i'm done <laughs> you know fine. what that's fair i watched the whole thing and i, I did too like, this felt like I just watched 17 seasons of a TV series. Oh, my God. Like, this it was so intense. So well, and so, and this is interesting because um, on, on Wikipedia, on Don Bluth and, and on his IMDb as well, it does, ha- it says like how many episodes he worked on for these series. So for Fantastic Voyage, it says 17 episodes, Sabrina, 58 um, 16 for Groovy Ghoulies, and then it says only one for Will the Real Jerry Lewis Please Sit Down, which is Computer Suitor. I couldn't find that episode. Um, so the only one I could find on YouTube was one called Double Trouble. Um, but in the credits of that episode, it does list his name mm-hmm. under layout. Maybe. So it, it makes me think that these credits on Wiki and IMDb are not fully accurate. Um, and who knows how many episodes of these series that he had worked on. So, but luckily, yeah, this is one he worked on. Um, and it's called, well, I just want to say that we also know that around this time, you know, they didn't always even credit people properly. Like when Don Bluth worked on Sleeping Beauty as an assistant animator, he was uncredited. And so... You know, there would be uncredited people. I'm sure maybe he didn't work on this episode. And maybe like, he well, didn't. We already have the end credits. Just use them from the previous one, you know? Yeah, it's entirely possible. Um, but but yeah, this one we did watch is Double Trouble, which is appropriate because I watched it on double speed. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I thought you were going to say you watched it twice. I was like, what? <laughs> I um I should have watched it at double speed. I'm just learning that I'm like, wow, I had way too much patience with this show. Like I can't I cannot believe I watched the whole thing. I didn't even touch Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing was like sitting there and it was like calling to me. It was like the ring and it was just like every time I look at it, it's like glowing and it wants me to pick it up and see the eye of Sauron. Like, no, I have to pay attention. I have to pay attention to this show. To will the real Jerry Lewis please sit down. And similar to Fantastic Voyage, uh, this was also based on a film. Um, it was based on The Family Jewels, which is a Jerry Lewis uh, film. But Jerry Lewis does not play Jerry Lewis in this TV series. He's played by David Lander, um, who I have a weird connection here. David Lander apparently played the mayor in Titan AE in what? 2000. <laughs> so there is like a connection to a Don Bluth film later on oh. with this voice actor, which I thought oh, was funny. That's, that's <laughs> crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> is that how they met? <laughs> oh, through this? Through this. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt. I think that's just a coincidence, like through casting. But across the years from what? When did this come out? Like in 70 uh, yeah, this wh- is 70, 1970, which is, like, wild. So, um, yeah, it's, like, 30... Wait a minute. I'm looking <laughs> at the... Uh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you So, there. 30 years, yeah, later. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Okay. The composer for this show... Yes. ...is marked as Haim Saban, who is the guy who brought over all of the Power Rangers. Wait. <laughs> like, yeah, Haim Saban, Haim Saban, who, like pretty much like ripped off everything well he didn't rip so, off he so, bought everything from japan and- so here's a fun 
unexpected aside that I never thought I would be making is that every year for the past 10 plus years, I have been one of the decorators that decorates Saban's house for Christmas. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I am having a fantastic voyage. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So completely unrelated, but just the fact that you brought up uh, Mr. Saban, I am very familiar with his estate. This podcast um, is cursed. <laughs> because, because yeah, that's one of my side gigs when, during uh, the holidays is I do decorating work. And uh, yeah, I've I've carried his Christmas tree upstairs and downstairs <laughs> on an annual basis for quite some time. <laughs> that um, is amazing. <laughs> so, I won't wow. say more than that because I don't know how much I... <laughs> I should say regarding <laughs> right. That kind no, of no, no. Thing. That's fine. You know, you know, the the imagination can just imagine all the Power Rangers mm-hmm. props that are not in the house, but I can imagine. It. But I, as uh, as someone who has received um, uh, tips from the Saban family, I must, I must stand up against the besmirchment of their of their name. No, I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> no, so hey, no, but they worked on the show doesn't mean. <laughs> Um, but that's so funny because I did not see that. Yeah, I did not know it's him and Shuki Levy. Okay, what a weird, what a weird tangent. <laughs> what a yeah, what a sorry. strange. That was just one of those. <laughs> what a this fantastic... is like the most esoteric <laughs> podcast that you've probably ever done. <laughs> that's what happens. This is like every Bluth podcast, though. <laughs> We're just going a million. Sorry. So anyway, will the real Jerry Lewis please sit down? Wait, I, I have a question. Yes. Did this inspire that Slim Shady? Oh, okay. Song? So okay, I'm going to bring this up. Okay. So you're already <laughs> really. I'm you're just... you're going to jump into this. No, because of course you hear that and you're like, Slim did Slim sh- did Eminem know of this? So I thought that too. I was like, I doubt that he knew of this show. But what I found out is both Eminem's song. Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Or and 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 this show are referencing the same thing, which is that there was a, a television panel game show called "To Tell the Truth," mm-hmm. and that was a, a slogan on the show was "Will the real blank please stand up?" Oh, so both okay. both Slim Shady and Filmation were referencing the same thing. Well, you're just assuming that Slim Shady was referencing that. No, he said not. it in an interview, I believe, <laughs> Well, actually. of course he would That's because he, that. he didn't want to admit to anyone that he had seen Will the Real Jerry Lewis please sit down. <laughs> yeah, we don't know, you know. <clears throat> so this, the, just to give a brief overview of this episode. Anyway, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> he gets cloned. Jerry Lewis gets cloned because he apparently lives with like a, a doctor, a mad doctor. Oh, it's his dad, he... I think, is like Professor oh. Lewis is a scientist in this okay, world, that makes, apparently. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> scientist, his dad, Professor Lewis. And then uh, he has a sister as well. And uh, they do experiments on him and an evil version of him shows up. It's a tale uh, as old as time, really. <laughs> his dad is his professor. His professor dad is a... Is a mad scientist. Did we already say that? I can't remember if we already oh, wait. said that. Yeah, okay, this is the one I didn't watch. So I know his... you guys could say literally anything about what happened in this episode, and I'd be like, yep. Mm-hmm. And, Jer- and you know what? If they, I could already... They, there's nothing good. Nothing it, good happens. It already sounds made <laughs> up. You've brought that. up clones. You've brought up, like, 
evil scientists. Yep. It also reminds me of a Rick and Morty episode because there's like what I, I feel, feel like I've seen this before where it's like, oh, they get split into a good and bad version of themselves. Oh, they did. Well, it's a classic too. Star Trek episode, right? Yeah. Like, there's literally a Star Trek episode where Kirk like there's a, a always a transporter malfunction. That's like literally <laughs> the plot line all the time. Whatever wacky thing they're doing, ah, the transporter messed up. And there's like good Kirk and bad Kirk. And it's just like the most overacting you've ever seen. Uh, but that and it, there, it is very similar to Rick and Morty because there's that episode where they like take out their toxic cells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they, was the one it yeah, made me and, think of. Yeah, and it was this very much like that. That's so um, interesting. We're talking about all these things that it's like, oh, we've seen this in all these other TV shows, and you start to wonder if like these are some of the earliest versions of that. But maybe there was something earlier than this well, i don't know it's i i think what we're really dealing with is the fact of if anyone so it's really like the monoculture back in the day right because there was not that many different stations of television mm-hmm. so anything and anyone growing up in a certain era there is a chance that everyone kind of got introduced to the the same things at the same yeah. time Whereas nowadays, like, you're going to find, like, people who don't, like, there's not, it's not going to be as consistent in the future because there are just so many different areas. Mm -hmm. Like, somebody gets all their stuff from YouTube. Somebody, like, even then, there's, like, so 20,000 channels. This is a bigger discussion than for maybe this, but I've thought about that a lot, how it's, like, fame has just transformed in recent years into, like, I don't know if you can have bands like the Rolling Stones or the Beatles or if, like, you can have these actors who are known by everyone like can you have a will smith or tom cruise come out now because now it feels sort of like it's so segmented the fame of uh, yeah depending on yeah do you listen to podcasts only do you watch youtube or you know do you just obscure soundcloud accounts like where do you get right. all your content from there, and... i mean there are tiktok stars well probably not anymore yeah after today but like <laughs> you know there are tiktok stars and you're like this person has like like th- three three hundred million followers. I have no idea who they are, but they're famous here. Yeah, in their world, they're famous. Yeah. So it's right. uh, and, and, it's interesting. And back then, all that they could watch is well, the real Jerry <laughs> Lewis. Jerry Lewis, <laughs> please <laughs> sit down. Um, How, as it should be, they well, should as... be forced to go see <laughs> terrible things. Well, so, we is this sort of like a like a like a Jekyll and Hyde? So kind yeah, of this thing? one episode yeah. was, okay. and it was kind of like. So the I guess what happens in it is he gets split in two. The rotten one kind of wanders off. Um, and then uh, there's something to do with the his girlfriend, Rhonda, is like going to go to be in a beauty pageant for company. I, I, it was like women of accounting or something, beauty pageant or some like bizarre thing that was happening. But... But um, the the evil Jerry Lewis kind of like walks in and it's like starts insulting his boss and is just like, yeah, I'm going to do this now. And and uh, and then the reveal is that his uh, his boss then respects him because he's acting like an asshole. So it's kind of funny. That's kind of a funny joke. But um, wait, uh, there this... was a line. Oh, wait, sorry. The, the name of the show. The name of the show is will the real Jerry Lewis please stand up? And this. Oh, that's funny. Double trouble. Right. Is every episode like somebody's pretending to be Jerry? Lewis? No, I think that's just a coincidence that <laughs> okay. for this one episode, it, it works even better. But okay. but the, there's a line where after because uh, the the bad Jerry Lewis is like saying a bunch of crazy stuff to his boss and then walks away. And then the good Jerry Lewis who overheard it all is like terrified. He's going to lose his job. 
and and then his boss walks over and is like, Jerry, I never knew you had what it took to be an executive. And then he like faints and the boss says, Haha, true executive can grab a nap anywhere. I don't know. Like, <laughs> That's a literal quote, too. I mean, I can't believe you like had it within you like. You could control your, the hand that would be face palming to actually like write down the lines. Like, <laughs> that was like my my problem. Like, I had this involuntary face palm. You can't write any notes because you know you just can't take it seriously. There's another one where he's like insulting a guy. Whenever it made me laugh, whenever these shows made me laugh, I wrote it down. Like yeah, there's one where he's like gets into a fight with this one guy who then punches him. And uh, then the punch affects the good Jerry Lewis, but not the bad one. And so the bad one just says, if that's your Sunday punch, this must be Thursday. And I was like, these jokes are so lame and corny, but something about them was still funny. And, there's <laughs> you know, a, there's a very important context to that scene that I that you might have missed. He is trying to drown all of his sorrows in root beer. So he's like he's like it looks like he's like down on his luck and he's at a bar. But no, he's just drinking root beers. Like, he's just sitting there. <laughs> That's and right, like, what the good one's doing. <laughs> yeah, the good one, and he's all sad. And they're like, you, Jerry, you've had way too many. You've had, like, 12 root beers. And he's like, ah, oh, gee, a guy's got to drown his sorrow. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, that reminds like, me of... What is even... We'll, we'll get to the Sabrina episodes, but that reminds me of, like, the Sabrina episode where they're at the dance or whatever. And I don't know if the punch is spiked, but they keep... Like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They keep hinting punch, that it she's is. She's like, "Well, I don't imbibe or something." You know, it's like, "What? It's punch." Is this? Yeah, there was. They were heavily implying that the punch was spiked okay. in the Sabrina okay. ones. Huh. Um, but but yeah, then wacky hijinks. They end up getting thrown in jail, and then the the good Jerry Lewis is like, goes and tries to impersonate his girlfriend Rhonda at the beauty contest. Well, first, before that happens, there's a guy who's knocking on all the doors, like letting the contestants know. And so he puts on a mop to like talk to the, the guy answering the door. And and there's been a thing where the the bellman has been like putting out his hand for a tip each time. And then when it when it comes to Jerry Lewis and it's obviously him wearing a, a mop uh, and and he's like very, very not attractive in this getup. And so. Then, then the bellman says, "Is like about the tip," and then, and he, and he starts reaching in his pocket. Oh, right, I'm sorry. And then the bellman hands him money and says, uh, "This is the most I can afford, lady. It's been a bad week, or something." <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know. There's like such dad and and strange kind of. Um, I don't know what to call this kind of humor, but there's something about it that like either all 90% of it's terrible, but every so often there'd be like one joke that would, that would stand out and be kind of funny, like genuinely funny to me. in some of these, a glowing endorsement for the show. Yes. <laughs> a glowing endorsement. Well, the real Jerry Lewis, please sit down. Wait, so what, please. I can't stop saying the full title. Oh, because, and it's sit you know, down, not stand up. I get it. Yeah, that was, <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's fine that you didn't watch this one, Sarah. It's not important. Uh, well, but what's, then it, what's the twist at the end? Do they get back to get like? Do they oh, get combined? He, he does go into the the contest, um, and and uh, is uh, Rhonda and the evil Jerry kind of make it as he's on stage already, and then he missteps in a stiletto, and then um, misstilettes, uh, and then he he falls over, and it reveals that he's it's really him. 
And then a bunch of reporters take pictures and he's going to get fired for having done this until a bunch of reporters rush into the boss's office after the fact. And they're just like, that was a great stunt you pulled. We really want to talk to you. And, it's, and so it makes the boss not fired Jerry. And then the scientist, and then his dad shows up with the machine and he's like, oh, this was all a big misunderstanding. I don't even remember if that's his voice, but he like, <laughs> and then he like puts them back together. Um, and at some point the boss is, says like, oh, I wish I had 12 Jerry's like that. And then he ends up getting duplicated 12 oh, times. Just like multiplicity, that movie. See? Yeah. We're bringing <laughs> yeah, it all together. It's just like multiplicity. <laughs> it's absolutely like multiplicity. Um, and that's the end. And or, that's the last. Uh, well, <clears throat> the final joke is that every cloned one goes, hiya, fatso. Hiya, fatso. Hiya, fatso. I forgot about or, that. And there's exactly... I want to point out it's exactly 12 that come out, too, because he said, I want a dozen Jerry's. And oh. it, there are 12 of them that come out and all say hi, fat. So I counted. You know, anyway. 100% Dex, you are the I... only one who counted. That was an accident. <laughs> I refuse to believe that the animator intentionally did. Um, there, there is an episode, again, I'm bringing up shows that I actually have watched, but there's an ep- that episode of Gravity Falls where um, Dipper clones himself with the Xerox machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah. yeah, it reminds me of that. And there's, like, the one clone that's all, like, messed up. <laughs> <laughs> right, because it starts <laughs> degrading over time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's the last anyone should ever think about this series. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to see any more of it. And it was already hard. It was already hard to find. This was like the one that was in 240p or something. You know, it was like we couldn't couldn't even find a decent quality. Um, you mean they haven't remastered the next... it for Blu-ray? I bet you the French have it stored somewhere because, like, the French are the <laughs> biggest. Uh, the Jerry, like, that's the the running thing is that like Jerry Lewis is huge in France, and for whatever reason, so is I he bet really? You, I, I that's the thing. Like, that's apparently like he's a big cultural touchstone in France for whatever reason, just because the way that his comedy works, it kind of like transcends language because uh, it's like right. very slack <laughs> that makes it sound way better than yeah no no that's away. that's quite the statement <laughs> hey, uh, you know jerry lewis's c- humor it transcends barriers of communication <laughs> as soon as i said that i was like i'm being made fun of that but uh apparently he's he's very big in france so i imagine maybe there's like Great. you know maybe I'm there's whole conventions f- for I'm this s- uh I'm so happy that that Jerry Lewis of all of all people. If only he knew. Uh, what did he die? Okay, he died in 2017. Uh, R.I.P. Mr. Lewis. But but I mean, he was if funny, only he knew. Like, you know, because wasn't he he and like Dean Martin would do a lot of stuff together. Martin I'm not Lewis. the one to ask regarding this. Yeah. Well, I think they didn't. They were they were good from what I remember. But you know, like the, this wasn't you know Jerry Lewis didn't write this show. You know. <laughs> Right? <laughs> no, no, and he wasn't the voice in this show. Right. Well, I don't know what he, what he had to do with it. Mm-hmm. I think um, he probably didn't have. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe is he listed anywhere in these credits? I you probably was just like Filmation wanted to create something and they got the rights to this and so they ended up building this show. But I'd be very surprised if if he actually had anything like direct input with it oh yeah it's as uh, though jerry lewis contributed to some of the scripts he did not voice any of the characters oh okay um, so he did oh, well, yeah but i don't so it they, is his fault it is. <laughs> where does it well, say that uh, on... just on the wikipedia for will the real jerry lewis please sit down 
the very It's top. under uh, premise of so it doesn't say which one. No, it's it under just, the just at the top section. Um Oh, okay. Yeah, so well, there there but... you have it. Uh, so shall we move on to the, the cartoons yes. that are actually relevant to Riverdale? <laughs> and uh, your oh, listeners aren't like, why were you talking about <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there have been, uh, you know, most of this podcast has become a stretch at this point. Like that's all, <laughs> every week it's some kind of like massive stretch. So it's, it's fine. <laughs> I, okay, I have done episodes where I'm like, well, this guy was in Riverdale for literally one <laughs> second and he was, he was a cast member and he was in this other movie we're talking about this other movie like uh, anything anything even remotely related that's a three-hour um, discussion right there <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately one of those things that are included is oh groovy no ghoulies. is okay, the groovy ghoulies this is the, other the groovy ghoulies that i didn't uh, like watch oh wait sir what was that sir oh, this is yeah, the, sorry, one, sorry. the other one that i didn't watch fully because i had already watched the four sabrina episodes including the one that had the groovy ghoulies and there's in two in there that yeah that had or two them. yeah and so i like skimmed through this one i was like i don't need any more ghoulies in my life <laughs> so, uh, <sighs> on it's like on paper though like this is like this should be my favorite thing ever because <laughs> right. like, I, I love Halloween. I love all these classic universal monsters. I love like the monsters, like the Adams yeah. family, like the more like live action ones. Uh-huh. But like, the problem with this show is it was like a weird variety show. Right. And it just like for 10 minutes of the episode, they just showed up and made terrible jokes. Yeah. Some it, of the worst jokes I've ever heard. Can can you identify for me where, because there's the whole part of this where they're popping out of windows and they're like saying stuff, like saying their bits and then they close the window. What is that from? Because that's a thing that was done in TV shows, uh, some specific show at the time, right? Like, yeah, I'm, that's I, definitely a, a, that's definitely a trope and that's definitely like playing off of something. Wait, they were making to. They were making fun of something. Like I know that that was referencing something, but I, I yeah, I, I it's lost on a modern audience because it's just you have no context for what was out no, at the time. No, of course. Um, it is notable though that this is pretty much the like the earliest that you'll start to start seeing these uh, like in cartoons at least the Universal monster is really being. Uh, a big uh, throwdown for children's cartoons. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a big reason for that, at least what I believe, is in the very early days of television, they just didn't have enough content to air, right? Like they didn't have all of this backlog that they could they could show. So they bought up film rights and one of the cheapest of the rights packages was universal and all of their old universal monster movies. <laughs> and in the birth of television, that's a huge thing. And, and that created a whole generation of people that are like a generation that people call monster kids where their, their, their main way of like dealing with horror and their introduction to horror is all very much focused upon the TV hour that they would get of these classic universal movies and the way that all these classic universal movies, the lengths, they're all like very short. They're Mm. like 70 minutes usually. And they're all that like perfect length for television. I'm not sure what the commercial situation was like in very early TV. Uh, But like, it's one of the reasons why um, they're, they're pretty useful for just packages 
of uh, movies even nowadays like if you wanted to like play something for Halloween is that these universal monster movies due to their length they're the perfect for like fitting in uh, commercial breaks and like making a solid like hour or an hour and a half kind of thing mm-hmm. um, which like a lot of movies you have to like make TV versions and do a lot of editing where you know you don't have to do as much uh, you know reconfiguration for for this version due to the, just the length uh, and I think that's why you get Universal Monster movies as they are, uh, Universal Monsters as they appeared in like the Groovy Ghoulies and beyond, in that they became so iconic with TV, uh, not because of their original 30s stuff, it was because Halloween became what it was in that era of the 50s when hmm. they were all what was on TV, and that's why Halloween basically is the Universal Monsters for, a, for a big reason, it's because of when Halloween as we know it and as we celebrate it um, came right near the same time that like these TV broadcast deals were made. So. I never knew that. Yeah. That's so interesting. Huh. Way more interesting than the Groovy Goo. <laughs> right, right, right. It's more interesting <laughs> than the show itself is. Well, uh, it, it does make uh, me think of Scooby-Doo too, again, like... This I feel is, like yeah, this is two years after Scooby-Doo. Yeah, Sorry, I feel like Scooby-Doo was the only one of these like types of, you know, shows that i would watch all the time and i really liked scooby-doo even though well, same premise all the time whatever but uh <laughs> you know I, I i like that kind of stuff you know well that's kind of indicative a little bit of the back and forth too between filmation and hanna-barbera mm-hmm. and like as you had pointed out last time i was on the pod um andrew that that scooby-doo was inspired by archie and if and uh, correct me i can't remember was was one of the things that like hot dog was like part of the reason that scooby got created yeah. or yeah. or was yeah hot dog a response i can't remember no 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 hot dog hot dog's the og the original the original hot dog. yes and so scooby <laughs> so scooby was made in response to the archies <laughs> and then if this was after if this so when did okay i'm gonna bring up because i'm curious now like the scooby-doo so so yeah it's a strange point in life when you're like wikipedia a scooby-doo franchise because uh, <laughs> scooby scooby-doo is 1969 it, it oh, says 19... nice no. <laughs> nice <laughs> nice uh so no but it says it was 69 and groovy ghoulies is what the 70 um yeah, yeah so 70 and 71 it's it's hilarious because it's a rip it's clearly ripping off of the horror aspects of scooby-doo while still keeping that very because it's it's pretty much identical to a, a Archie's Funhouse, which is a version of the Archie show where it opened up in a very gag-like thing. There was like really brief little short stories and then they all played music for what felt for, like for whatever years. right uh, <laughs> and 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 this is clearly a ripoff of of that template but they added all the horror aspects that was getting popular because of Scooby-Doo. So it's like it's very weird. And it's also the most incoherent of all of them, I would say. It, it's like at least Fantastic Voyage and Jerry Lewis were like episodes that had plots and through lines. Like this was literally just series of like, it was the most ADHD of all of these of just like, this is happening. And then someone so shows up. Now they're doing a play and now they're playing a song for three minutes. It was so haphazard and all over the place i it was so weird it, it was, was so, so weird. weird and frustrating and i was just like 
I, well, because, like, I started this and I was like, oh, this is, like, my jam. This is going to be awesome. Like, this is <laughs> this is just going to be, like, universal monster jokes, like, out the wazoo. Oh, my God. I cannot wait. This is awesome. And, oh, who's this, like, the, the head of the head of the town? Oh, it mm-hmm. looks like a lady who looks exactly like Vampyra. What? We got <laughs> Vampyra in here. She usually doesn't uh, make her way into, like, universal monster stuff. This is going to be great. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. And then, like... And then Dracula goes, you're driving me bats. Uh, oh, no. He, he's like, you're driving me batty. I'm <laughs> batty. And I'm the, like, oh, my uh, goodness. And then the wolfman talks. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, the Wikipedia for this says the show was structured very much like the then popular show Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In with several oh, okay, that's it. segments oh, of one-liner jokes and riddles. So that makes sense. So, so there, I don't know. There's like... Something I want to talk about something that's like very tangentially related to this um, that I thought was that's funny. That's completely <laughs> unprecedented for this podcast. So I have no idea where you're getting this from. <laughs> um, is that the voices on here? So, uh, so Dracula. There were two, like the two main voices I was hearing. Um, both struck chords of like character voices from other shows that I recognized, and, and for Dracula is Lawrence Samuel Storch or Larry Storch and and he play he played a character on on a show called Tennessee Tuxedo um he played <laughs> okay. he played a character named Mr. Whoopi and so it's like, Mr. <laughs> Whoopi we're oh, all hey this is yes, real right? and you made this up <laughs> I'm not making this yeah, up wait. I remembered this because I used to watch like some episodes of Tennessee Tuxedo and his tales and <laughs> and and like so a... I was like watching I was like Dracula sounds very familiar and I looked it up and sure it says like top of his Wikipedia uh, best known for comic television roles including voiceover work for cartoon shows such as Mr. Whoopi on Tennessee Tuxedo and his tales and his live action role in the bumbling Corporal Randolph Argon on F Troop. Okay. <laughs> No, 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 um, you made what? that up. <laughs> so, this is amazing. Like, what was going on in early television? Like, they just did whatever they wanted. So, like, he—I don't know. So, and also, he these character these voice actors played a lot of voices across all these series, which I'll like talk about maybe when we get to Archie. But um, the other guy that I was I was looking at, I was like, this guy Howard Morris, who plays. Uh, Frankie and Wolfie, um, and also Mummy, and he plays a bunch of the other okay. ones too. The Mummy um, was very familiar. The, the, voice mummy, of the mummy was very immediately, familiar. immediately. The Mummy reminded me of an episode of Ducktales, the original Ducktales oh. series, which was um, not. It's a, so. It was a genie from Ducktales, yes! not not yes! not from the movie. Because there no. is the DuckTales movie with the Legend of the Lost, the Treasure of the Lost Lamp, but that's not the one. There was another, ep- there was an episode of the uh, first DuckTales series, um, which was, oh, I wrote it down right here. Um, it was called Master of the Genie, where it's spelled D-J-I-N-N-I. Um, and it was, he played the genie in that episode where both Scrooge and Glomgold are looking for this lamp and they both rub it at the same time and really release the genie. And so the whole episode's kind of like about them 
trying to settle a competition to see who gets the genie. But but I remembered he had the same exact character voice for the genie. It was like, oh, why? Oh, what a relief. I feel like I've been cooped up in that lamp for centuries. <laughs> and so when I heard the mummy talking, it like struck this way back like memory because that was one of my favorite DuckTales episodes when I was a kid was that one. And I loved that genie episode. So it was just very strange because it felt like hearing that genie suddenly in, in this weird old Groovy Ghoulies cartoon. Anyway, that was my my tangent about. about so it's the same person. The the uh, the. It like, is the same the person. Goat. Same the same exact know. voice actor. Yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. The don't you know, like, because he says like don't. Don't you know? You know? Yeah, like, don't you know? Yeah, <laughs> and he has that, that laugh, that which I wonder if that was a particular actor they were oh, making fun of. That, oh my goodness! He, okay, he was Wade Duck on Garfield and Friends. That's why. He, oh, wait, that, okay. <laughs> that performance is like nearly exactly the same as his performance on Garfield and Friends. And okay, he says, now, don't you know a whole bunch now of Now we're speaking my language here. Yeah. I know <laughs> what you're now. <laughs> now we're talking, now we're talking about, about what Sarah wants. Now we're talking talk about something about. I've actually watched. <laughs> um, that's, no, no. Wait, I'm also, I'm looking at, again, this is the one I didn't watch, but I'm looking at the list of characters on Wikipedia. I don't know if these were all in this episode or not. But there's they were. <laughs> the lovesick love seat, a living love seat that has a crush on Drac. Like, what is this? <laughs> and the skelevator, an elevator shaped like a large human skull. <laughs> there's the also the ghoul clock. bus, which is how they go around. Uh, that's how they transfer around places. Um, you know, because everyone had to have a vehicle back in the day. Like, every right. cartoon character had to have some form of transportation. So, of course, even though, like, Dracula's not in school, and I guess those other ones are school age, which we learned in the Sabrina episode, mm-hmm. so I guess that maybe is where the ghoul bus comes in, but <laughs> highly, highly illogical. Highly illogical. <laughs> I just want to, I know, noted also this, that he um, he also, that Howard Morris also played uh, Jughead and Big Moose and Dilton on mm. Archie, so yeah, like, a lot of these voice actors were very versatile, and, and it seems like they wanted to pay as few as it's possible um they're uh like can you imagine their lives though like they're they this must have been like a really big full-time job with the amount of characters they're voicing like that's got to take a long time well and it's kind of a testament to like well i'll I'll save it because i want to bring i want to talk about jane webb uh when we get to sabrina but like yeah the, the some of these it was like a testament to the fact that you couldn't tell it's the same person doing all these different voices. It's like very impressive. Um, but is there anything else we want to say about the groovy ghoulies? <laughs> no, other than the fact that since it's a Sabrina, since it's a Sabrina spinoff show, 10 years down the line, when I got nothing else to cover, welcome to the groovy ghoulies. The groovy ghoulies. Oh wait, there is something else. Cause yeah. So Sabrina is a regular in this show. Um, and they're her cousins, right? Which, they, yes, which they I have say, so many questions. I have so many questions as to how Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, and a hippie wolf are Sabrina's cousins. But um, there was another funny thing I found, which is that there is a special from 1972 called... Because I was like, have the Groovy Ghoulies been in other stuff? And, and I'm not... 
I like can't believe this exists and I've never heard of it. It's Daffy Duck and Porky Pig meet the Groovy Ghoulies. Oh my god. I'm glad that you brought this up because I also I also <laughs> saw this and I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna bring this up. Like I don't know if I how I'd bring this tangent up, but thank you. Thank it's you. the only time it says on Wiki, it's the only time that Warner Brothers ever loaned out uh the, any Looney Tune characters wow. to appear oh. in something else. It- and it's because it wasn't animated by by Warner Brothers and past 1969 which is when warner shut down their animation studio things produced after that point usually were made at least by people who'd had previously been involved in looney tunes like frizz freeling and and chuck jones so they still you still had that quality control on things that were made but this is like the one time that they let another studio animate daffy duck and porky pig and i looked i found like some clips of this and they are very limited wow. in animation oh. yeah does it it's, does it look at all like can you tell it's them like you can tell they, it's them yeah. but the quality mm-hmm. of the animation is like the lowest i've probably ever seen for um looney tunes characters mm-hmm. unless we count lunatics unleashed uh no i'm just kidding but <laughs> <laughs> oh please <laughs> why did you remind me of that horror? Oh, I, don't have to, I will remind people that lunatics unleashed happen at every turn and opportunity i get in life but but yeah this this is just a bizarre thing and what was funny was i was looking up stuff for it and i found <laughs> i found a a cell because there's a site that I go to usually to find like art, animation art, and on this auction site that I've used before, there there is a cell that they have of the Ghoulies alongside some of the Looney Tunes characters, wow. like Porky and Elmer and and Sam and and uh, Pepe Le Pew and uh, Sylvester. And it it just says sold for not sold, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like this item didn't sell. Okay, 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 wait a minute. I now want to find this man. And I need, I feel like I need this in my life. I don't know if you can, I don't know if you can buy it here. I'll, I'll paste it in chat if I'm, if I can. But, but yeah, like, I don't know if you can actually buy this because, but I just laughed because I was like, of course, this thing wasn't, it, this one didn't sell. Like, nobody wanted oh, the Groovy Ghoulies meet the Looney Tunes <laughs> sell that was available. That's, this is probably, that like, is hilarious. I mean, That's a pretty, like a pretty solid cell. Yeah, I mean, I know, cool right? Looking, like, I, I'm just curious. Like, I wonder how rare this is because I feel like, you know, not a lot of studios, even like Disney, would throw out cells and stuff at some point, or they would reuse them or whatever. You know. But so, how weird is it to see those characters yeah. like sitting next to each other? Yeah. Uh, so again, but but if we want to look at it this way, technically, the Archie characters and Sabrina. Are part of the same world as the Looney Tunes. So weird. That's you know what that you know that that works because now Looney Tunes are owned by <laughs> Warner Brothers, who done DC, who who own DC Comics, and the DC Comics have crossed over with Archie because there was like Ar- Archie and meets uh, Harley Quinn and Ivy, Poison oh my Ivy, God. in a and very let, strange crossover. And let's get um, Predator in there. That's that's precedented, right? <laughs> Two, two predators. Okay, two there predators. Are two. There are two, two predators. predators. <laughs> Wait, and are... the second one is like esoteric as all get out. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> sorry, are, sorry. Are the groovy ghoulies gonna be in the new Space Jam? You know oh what? Goodness. You know what? I want the new. Everybody wants Sabrina to show up in Riverdale. I want the groovy ghoulies. I want the groovy ghoulies. <laughs> or is Sabrina gonna show up in the new Space Jam? You know? <laughs> 
Oh, I would, I would love if we just like start a petition and somehow it gets negative signatures. Because, like that's what would happen if we start a petition to get the groovy ghoulies in Space Jam too. Space Jam and Riverdale, my friends. Yeah. We we need to bring them back. We need them here, mm-hmm. present in our current cultural zeitgeist. <laughs> bring the groovy ghoulies back. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm all down for, I can't even do it. I can't. These 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 character voices are so annoying. Ooh, this don't, is totally don't, don't not you know. on topic. But there's on this website. There's also a Mr. DNA cell from Jurassic Park. Mr. D- oh, what? Seven hundred seventy-five dollars. Okay. Oh my lord. So so ghoulies anyway. aside. Oh my lord. We can get to the actual decent series of all of these. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we have, we have, you have, uh, you listener have, you know, gone through an hour of, uh, of us talking about things that have nothing or barely anything to do with Riverdale, and you're thinking, eh, it's just like a normal episode, really. <laughs> <laughs> this is your fantastic journey to take with us. So. This is, right, a voyage, perhaps, A voyage, whatever. One, yeah. <laughs> I forgot the name of the show. You know what I was trying to say. Well, I know. You, a, you had to do the joke version of I'm um, actually, and you're like trying to improv it in. It was, it was pretty impressive. Wait, wait, is there also a show or a movie called Fantastic Journey? There's Fantastic Planet. Oh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. So, no. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Never mind. So, no, no, absolutely not. There, there. Um, I would say though, Fantastic Planet is a absolutely wonderful animated film. It's a French film by Rene Lalo, and it is beautiful. And it is a wonderful um, story about the idea of. Um, I want to say it's like kind of about the idea of how of how humans interact with creatures that are also on the planet. That's kind of the metaphor of it, but it's aliens that own humans as pets. Um, hmm. It's a very interesting film. Anyway, sorry. So <laughs> Carry it's exactly on. Just, like Sabrina. It's exactly because like Salem's Sabrina. Because Salem's a human. Well, I don't know if that's true in the... <laughs> Salem's a human in the in the 90s show. You know, he's a human who got turned into a cat. And I so, think in most, I think in most comic versions, is Salem okay? is yeah. supposed to be like uh, is a human. It's unclear in this one because he just makes uh, cat noises. Yeah, which every t- yeah every time a cat on TV starts making like unhappy cat noises, I have to like instantly start looking at my cats. I'm like, guys, this is the TV. Like, I'm don't <laughs> don't don't do anything. Because so I once had an experience where I was just like I was watching Cats from Hell, and then like the cats on that show are always unhappy, and they started like making like. <laughs> And then my two cats started fighting, and I was like, "No, guys, no! I'm trying to make you guys <laughs> friends." Also, I tried very hard to track down who the voice of the cat was. It does mm-hmm. not list anywhere, but I'm going to guess it's Larry Storch, who mm-hmm. who did Drac, because if you listen to his voice, to like the intonation of the cat, it sounds just so similar. Oh, I I don't know. I could not verify that, but I'm thinking. But I imagine it's like we're not going to credit yeah. you as the cat well, making noises and they're not gonna bring in an additional actor to do those they're like oh you already recorded for drag we have five minutes left on your your one hour pay clock right like, can you right. make some cat noises I, quickly i i would almost imagine there were just moments where he was like warming up and they just like took that like he right. like probably like was warming up that like intonation and like the way of speaking and the delivery and they're just like yep cut bam he, put on the cat bam. he's he's still alive we should ask him oh. 
Oh, <laughs> that would be a, <laughs> and be just like, send him a Yeah, did you voice the cat? Did you ever make cat noises? <laughs> he would never make cat noises. He's born in 23. Wow. Wow, so he's 90, almost He's years 97. Old. 97. Larry Storch wow. is still still with us. Uh yeah, send him a send him a <laughs> send him a message here. I'm like scrolling down his IMDb trying to find. This is why it's good in, in front of a computer right now mm-hmm. cuz it it gives me an ability to 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 look up this stuff, but oh, I can't find it. Oh, he was like he was the Joker in the Batman Superman hour as well apparently. Oh, That's interesting. Wow. That fits. That fits like the classic depictions of the Joker. I can see that. I can yeah, that makes sense to me. I can't find if he was on what characters he would have been on the Archie thing, but 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 anyway. Um where the frick were we? We were talking <laughs> we Sabrina. Were, we, we were starting Sabrina, and I was gonna say, um, I own every single episode of this show. I don't know of what this it says original. about me. Of the of this original Sabrina show that we watched. And uh then I found out it's just all online for free. <laughs> like I, when you like when you linked it and you're just like it's all a lie for free. I, I don't was like. Well then, why did I spend thirty dollars? I don't CBG? think I don't think it's all of them though. I think that's just like a number of them. I because I, I, right. I, I think it did run out after a while that playlist. But yeah, luckily we were able to find a number of them available. <laughs> These are hard to find though because we had even the Archie special, which we'll talk about at the end of this. We'll is talk like, about that one. Yeah, that one was we. I could not find it, and you had to send us a rip basically so that we could <laughs> yeah, even exactly. watch it. Um, so these um, are these are not the easiest to track down. No, no, by no means. But I actually I liked what we watched with Sabrina, and I'll be honest, like the theme song for Sabrina the Teenage Witch, yeah, like this version. Why does, I love it? Why does I Sabrina always get good theme songs? Yeah. <laughs> this is like I, know, I was thinking was about crazy. that. Is like um, it's just like a consistent thing for all the series. They've always had these like fun intros, and yeah, even this old one, um, it's still like. I don't know. It's probably the best intro, I think, of all of them. If I were to, oh, definitely, if I were to rate definitely. them, I sing it to my cats all the time. Sabrina, <laughs> and then I'm like dancing with my cats, and they're just like give me a look, like please. Stop. But I mean, the stop Archie there. theme song taught me how to spell Archie. So, oh, you know, and it wanted to really make sure you knew how. Yeah, it, it <laughs> that's true. No, um, I but I appreciate th- the brevity. This theme song is. Yeah, this theme song is actually on my Halloween playlist. I don't know. All right, so should we talk about the elephant in the room here? That Salem's Orange. That Salem's Orange. Was Salem Orange in the comics? Yes. Okay, so... I okay. I looked this up because yeah, I, I was too. like, "What is what? What is the deal with this like Salem?" Because like, like okay, and this because is... Sabrina Sabrina's platinum blonde, which is fine, fine. She doesn't have yellow blonde hair, yeah, but fine. I I can deal with that. But but Salem not being a black cat really bothers me like way <laughs> so, too much. Yeah, it it looks like for whatever reason in animation he was orange for the longest time. Like he was, he, well, he was, yeah, he was like the color he was in animation is him in animation until he was animated post the, uh, the missile Lister Joan Hart show because he's right. like straight black in there. So yes. he was straight black in a few, uh, in like the 2002, I think, uh, animated Sabrina, uh, TV series. 
And for the most part, though, in the comics, his, like, original appearance and then in his uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comic appearances and kind of in the Killing of Sabrina show, mm. although he doesn't have the mittens because, like, he's he's very much uh, supposed to be, like, he's, like, black with, like, white mittens, basically. Mm. Like, he's supposed to be, okay. like, a little cute. He's supposed to have the little mittens. Uh, and then for the TV show and Melissa Joan Hart TV show, they made him all black and then he was all black a little bit after afterwards, and then he has kind of shifted back to his uh, black with white patches. Hmm. Um, okay, cool. This yeah. is this is Salem Catgate. Okay, yeah. good. Go I I looked up because I looked up too. Is like is this Salem from the comics? I think in the comics he is orange, but like black cats have always been associated with witches since like before yeah. TV. So I just wonder what you know why the decision to make him orange when I really, he's a witch's yeah. cat you know I, re I really don't know because yeah um sorry he has a very he has a white he has some form of a white face in the comics as mm -hmm. well like so he's got like the the white paws and mittens and stuff like that but he has like he either has like an all white face or like the bottom half of his his jaw is white um even in the comics there's multiple looking versions mm -hmm. of uh oh my goodness uh, that's going to be a sp very special episode. <laughs> You're going to do an every... entire episode about all the different Salem's <laughs> across time and space. Someone's uh, going to, someone from the Archie, Archie podcast and the Archie comics are going to be like, Hey, if you could write like any Archie story, like what would you write? And be like, Oh yeah. Crisis on infinite Salem's obviously <laughs> like there's so much to do there. So there's two things I'd like to talk about before even going into the episodes themselves. Um, and one of them is Jane Webb who is the voice of Sabrina. Um, and this woman, props, props to her, because she was Sabrina, both the aunts, Betty and Veronica, Miss Grundy, uh, Hagatha, wow. Bella Lagosley, Geraldine Lewis, Ron, all across all these shows. She is the, the, the woman on Fantastic Voyage. She is every female part that you've heard in all of these wow, for I can't I couldn't find another female voice actor that worked for filmation these were all her and I was that that explains Veronica's voice uh, which, yeah. is, <laughs> which is one of the worst voices it hurt well, because yeah it's like at a point you've got to make it different yeah. from all the other characters you've been doing right. and I'm just I mean hats off yeah uh Miss Webb um it says she passed away in 2010, but yeah, it's just like, and she did she did a bunch of other stuff too. Like she obviously was just like this sort of um, talented vo uh, voice actor and just had a lot of range. But um, I don't know that that kind of impressed me. So yeah, I, I I wanted to point that out because I I, I think hot damn I think that that really is like the one thing you can definitely say in favor to all of these shows that we watched animation has there's a lot of flaws they're not great um some of the writing is not great but the uh performances and the 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 voice acting specifically is pretty consistently uh at least entertaining listenable and given the fact that it was like five people doing all these voices pretty impressive so i think yeah. if we got a prop anything to even those other shows that we talked about and we just ragged on um the voice acting and the voice performances are good and really uh when you have animation as limited as you as you do in this era um you know the uh, the voice is a lot well and it I, really is you know i i think as much as we're like making fun of these shows and stuff the fact of the matter is is like 
they made it. You know, I've never. Made yeah, they a show. made it. They made these happen. <laughs> oh yeah, very true, very true. For better or I, worse. I, yeah. I think we've you, you've uh, we've heard both me and Dax do. We cannot impersonate these people accurately, right? Like, right, right. <laughs> well, maybe so, you could like, impersonate the. Oh my god! Like you could get the, the annoying ones, but yeah, like you know. All right, you you sound like a a young innocent teen. Oh my goodness! It's it's like yeah, it's I don't know. So anyway. Um, props to all the voice actors. Um, the, but I also want to do, if you will indulge me, like a Sabrina disambiguation here, because you kind of touched on some of the series and there are quite a few Sabrina series because someone might be, someone might be confused kind of like listening about this because yeah, it's like, I, I, I was surprised at some of what has existed. Wait, there's Um, more than just like the nineties one and the current one. Yes. Um, So uh, and this one. So, I mean, there's not a ton more, but it was it was just kind of neat when I went down this little rabbit hole. So Sabrina was created. I have this written now. Sabrina was created by George Gladier and artist Dan DiCarlo uh, and first appeared in Archie's Madhouse number 22, cover dated October 1962. So that's when Sabrina was incarnated in some form. Um, And then the this series, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch ran from September 12th, 1970 to August 31st, 1974. Um, and this isn't the only animated series. There's also Sabrina the Animated Series. Um, which also has, which we've mentioned a few times. Is, Have you seen it? She's the greatest <laughs> for super magic. Call Sabrina. That theme song, by the way, is by Bewitched. I don't know if you Oh, that. be I, uh... like asterisk witched. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you? Oh, sorry, Andrew. Were you saying something? I was just about to say I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight because I'm only going to hear that theme song. <laughs> like that theme song is just going to be stuck in head. I'm just going to be like staring at the ceiling and just be like, "Damn it, Tex!" <laughs> <laughs> I I, do, I was not aware so, that she was so um so so late in the game because you know the the other Archie characters have been around for like decades before that even. So that's there was like. There was something on the wiki page that said, like, the creator, one of the creators was, like, surprised by when Sabrina got her own show. That he was surprised that she ended up becoming as popular as she did. Um, But, yeah, so there was... Okay. So there's... Yeah, the animated series... um, Sorry, I was like, my my notes, like, went all over the place for a moment. Uh, No, I know there's, like, a CG one. Yes, um, there is. So here's here's the layout of all of them. There is Sabrina the Teenage Witch from 1970 to 74, which is this one, the Filmation series. There's Sabrina the Teenage Witch from 1996, um, which is the sitcom. So there mm-hmm. actually was the television film, which served as the pilot uh, to the oh. live action, which served as a pilot to the live action series. Um, and, uh, and then the series, which is was from 96 to 2003 and that's the wow. Melissa, that's the melissa joan hart one seven seasons um and there was also sabrina goes to rome tv movie in 98 and what? sabrina down under in 99 oh those were both those are melissa joan hart tv movies they're like the um, i guess i have to watch both of that for this show i was gonna say they're, <laughs> they're like the olsen twins right Andrew? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't fit right right along well with my now blooming amount of olsen twin knowledge <laughs> 
And then there was the animated series from 99 to 2000, which happened concurrently with the sitcom series. The animated series was followed by Sabrina Friends Forever in 2002, which is an animated TV movie. And then there was Sabrina's Secret Life in 2003 to 2004, which was also animated. And all those those three were all Deke, um, Deke Productions. Deke! Uh, and then you had Sabrina Secrets of a Teenage Witch, which was the CGI animated TV series for the Hub Network uh, from 2013 to 2014. And then you have Chilling Adventures of Sabrina from 2018 to 2020, which is the live action series on Netflix. So that's, you know, 50 years of Sabrina wow, content, I, uh, I give or take. I've never heard of like most of those. <laughs> no, and that's, but that's what's funny is like, it, this is such an odd, because I don't, with Archie, it doesn't feel like there have been as many. Have there? I mean, oh. there's like, have there oh, been as many like... Archies as there have been Sabrina series? Yeah, on... I think so. I think so. There's been like, uh, well, just in filmation, uh, technically, there's like five different shows that are all Archies. Oh, like they're all considered Archie different. Something. And they're, they are separate shows, even though they're like same actors and everything in them um and then there is an 80s show where pops becomes a video arcade uh and i've only i've only seen the intro to that one uh and it was and it it has this like amazing weird 80s intro that Um, sounds great and it looks like they skateboard and stuff um there there is one tv movie which is one it's just awful um back to (laughs) riverdale it's like a live action tv movie uh, and that one is where Jughead raps. Um, oh no! <laughs> he raps. He raps. Sugar, sugar. He's Will like, the real oh, Jughead please honey, honey. stand up? <laughs> very nice. Very nice, sir. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been amazing if he just did the slip shade. If he just broke into slip shady, that would have been so good. <laughs> um, and then there is I. There's Archie's weird mysteries, of course. Yes, What's of course. The sound. Of that's his mysteries. That's um, essential viewing. Essential viewing. There's something going on in this town. <laughs> Weird mystery. <laughs> um, <laughs> that it just names all the characters. That's like the way the right. song ends. Well, that's like the way. That's what the original Archie TV theme did too, where it was just like, it, essentially, was just like. There's Archie. I can't remember it, but it was like Archie, Archie and Jughead and and Betty and everybody, but. Or just like, Jughead, where are you? Uh, anyway, I'm sure you know that theme. Okay, we move on, move on. <laughs> <laughs> I was enjoying your version of the theme. Um, yeah, so there have been like a, a, a decent number of Archie shows. I would I have not done the count, though. I don't know if there's like weird ones that are like by French studios or something or like a weird CG. Oh, Archie. I feel like I would oh, there is, um, there is another one. I forgot to mention it. There's a semi-caddy. Which is a, it was a Turkish comedy TV series <laughs> that was funny. based on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It's not, it's from 2005 to 2007. It's oh. not called Sabrina, but it, sorry, because you just, like, it just made me think, like, oh yeah, there was no. this other one that wasn't, it, it was specifically a Turkish series, but it has, like, the same premise. If you read it, it's like, Basically, they carbon copied the whole idea of Sabrina for it. Wow. Anyway, will, will I get to that or Groovy Ghoulies first? Like, what will be the thing that is like? I guess I'm covering this now. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but 
But I just, I want to say, like, Sabrina, for me, I don't know about you two, but, like, the, the whole Sabrina series, I remember fondly because of the sitcom and the animated series. And those were those were my access to. And the first animated series, because there was the one, there was the movie, and then there was the follow-up. No, sorry, not first. Technically, the second one. The one <laughs> from... This is why this gets confusing, because there's, there's all these different ones. So the, the 99 series, Sabrina the Animated Series... Um, that one actually was developed by uh, Savage Steve Holland Wait. and Kat Lykle. And <laughs> Savage Steve, Holland, Steve Holland, is that his name? Yes. Okay. And Holland was, uh, he served as, eh, he served as showrunner and executive producer of the series. Um, and it ended up, he was also one of the main creators for Eek the Cat, which was one of my favorite TV oh. shows. And that series has a lot of irreverent and wacky and just like, dark humor in it and i think that that reflected a lot in this deke sabrina tv series the animated one and that was like maybe one of the main reasons i liked it when i was a kid um he wasn't involved in the movie or follow-up the other two things that deke did and those other two were done when deke wasn't owned by disney um so i don't like the other two that came after this one very much because they they didn't feel as funny and they changed a lot of the voices um, as well. But there's a funny connection between these because the uh, heart, what is it? Uh, heartbreak Entertainment or the, basically the Hart family had like a strong hold on the Sabrina series. Oh. And it was um, the, the, the sitcom which starred Melissa Joan Hart. Um, there was her mom was executive producer what? of the of the of the 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 sitcom series um it was i'm trying to like look what the what the actual name of it was I'm, I'm blanking on her name at the moment but but her mom um was the executive producer and melissa joan hart playing sabrina her younger sister emily hart um also played a character on the sitcom um it was uh Amanda Wicken, who was like the bratty younger cousin of Sabrina. <laughs> and and her sister, Emily Hart, ended up playing the voice of Sabrina on the series, on the animated series. And oh. then Melissa Joan Hart played the ants in the animated series. Weird. <laughs> oh, that's wild. That's like how uh, Tom Hanks's brother voices Woody in like all like non-mainstream what? Toy Story material. Oh, like that's... all fascinating yeah that's really yeah. fun yeah so it, but that's why like because the ants are made younger in the animated series like canonically they're made younger as punishment for having abused their magic hmm. um, <laughs> oh, oh that's fun <laughs> so so be, but because of that they you know do they're supposed to sound younger in context so it's kind of funny that they just took the heart and they're like all right sabrina you're playing the ants now and your younger sister's going to play sabrina i just thought that was really funny um but yeah there's like but then a lot of the other series have different voice actors actually and salem most importantly salem is the same in both the sitcom and the the first animated series mm. or the second animated series technically but the the <laughs> i know i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep doing that shit but in the 99 animated series um it's nick bouquet playing salem who right. is also the voice of norbert from angry beavers uh -huh. um and he was he's replaced fantastic. in the he's he's my favorite voice and like and he he's what makes salem so memorable in mm -hmm. that show but he was replaced in the follow-up 
film which uh in the friends forever television film where he's voiced by lewis Trujillo, and then and then in the sabrina's secret life follow-up series he was voiced by maurice lamarche of oh, all people what which i thought was funny yeah so nice. interesting anyway i just want to go on that whole long tangent because like it was interesting to me to look at all the connections of all these different sabrina series and like um just think about kind of what it meant to me so it was fun looking back at this original filmation series and just seeing how different the concept of sabrina was back originally versus kind of what i think a lot of us are used to who are familiar with the 90s incarnations of her Um, yeah i'm i'm only familiar with the 90s live action one and again like i was saying i didn't even know this was part of archie until really recently um so so yeah, Salem has always been a black cat to me. <laughs> a sassy talking black cat. I know we well, shall it just, be. It just it just makes more sense, right? Like you you were talking about it earlier. It just it just it does just make more sense to be like thematically witchy. Yeah. Although I wonder if maybe maybe that's a more recent thing. No, it's not. Or no. Well, well, because I know that <laughs> you know we've talked about this on the percast before that like black cats and orange cats are represented a lot more in you know, TV shows and movies than the other colored cats. But still, I don't know why they didn't go with a black cat, but also orange cats. Like, I don't know if this was around like Heathcliff and they're like, oh, Heathcliff is popular. Or was that, when did Heathcliff start? I don't know. That's just my random theory. <laughs> if we're like, you know, connecting all the, Ugh. I looked at, I Googled Heathcliff and the first thing that comes up is Heathcliff, Wuthering Heights. <laughs> of course, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the cat. <laughs> uh, oh, Heathcliff was started in 1973. So maybe Heathcliff was a, was a, no, maybe inspired by Sabrina. I don't know. Maybe. Oh my guessing. goodness. Can no, you I imagine? Thought, I always thought Heathcliff was inspired by Garfield. Well, no, Garfield was later though. Wait, Garfield, was it? Yeah, oh, Garfield was like the late 70s, I think. Um do you know there was a there was an artist named Jim Davis in the credits for some of these filmation episodes? What? It's not him, hmm. but there was a guy named Jim Davis. That yeah, was Garfield's there. from 1976, so Heathcliff came first. I'm sorry, uh, Andrew, what were you saying? No, no, I'm sorry. I was just like, this is like, is this like Jim Davis truther movie? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think you think he actually was involved in this. Like, maybe where was Jim Davis? Where were times? you, Jim Davis? Also, I found I found the name. Um, uh, um, <clears throat> Paula Hart was executive producer for the whole uh, Sabrina uh, sitcom series. And uh, and I also found a clarification here. The sitcom Sabrina lives in Westbridge, Massachusetts, even though the pilot was in Riverdale, hmm. um, which is interesting. I wonder I wonder if there are some weird rights things, because it seems like for, for ages. So what's fascinating about Archie, the company, is that for ages it was not owned by any bigger corporation i don't even think it is now like it was like it was just like one family owned all of the archie properties right mm-hmm. and like they weren't part of like viacom or like they didn't get like bought out by a big conglomerate or anything so they were really just uh their own thing um so in that vein i bet you they just licensed it out to whoever right and they probably had a license mix up or something that i would suspect maybe maybe or maybe the uh, wh- what which one takes place in greendale which is that? Yeah, Sabrina is, that chilling? is supposed to. Yeah, Chilling does, and I, and I think most of Sabrina stuff is supposed to be in Greendale. Hmm. I thought. Okay, in this in Maybe. this version, in the filmation ones, are they in Greendale? Or are they because they say Riverdale sometimes? No, no, no. In the filmation ones, everything is in Riverdale. Okay, you know, Archie came first, and then they just brought in Sabrina as like to continue it, and and that's what right. happened. I, I okay. think. I think. 
Yeah. So it's confusing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's all that, very confusing. Oh, the animated Sabrina lives in Greendale. So in the animated series, okay. she also lives in Greendale. Okay. Yeah. So maybe that was maybe that was established later, or maybe that was just a comics thing. I don't know. I'll have to look. Well, you um, know, history of Greendale. Did wait, you? You know, Andrew, have years. you ever like mentioned on your podcast like where Riverdale is? Because I'm looking it up, and it's very interesting. Oh, have they ever given proper um, locations well, for Riverdale? So, That's... The, I mean, Wikipedia basically says that sometimes it's identified as Riverdale, New York. Um, and then somebody else said it was, it was, uh, the inspiration was some place in Kansas, but in one issue of Archie and Jughead Digest, uh, one of the readers asked in a letter, where is River- Riverdale located? The editor replied, Riverdale is more of a state of mind than an actual physical location, <laughs> which is, I mean, come on guys. Um, and then <laughs> in, like, I was like about to make a joke that the real Riverdale is in your heart and then they actually <laughs> yeah. make it. Yeah. And then in that. another episode, someone yet again asked, where is Riverdale located? The editor, obviously agitated, replied, Am I the keeper of Riverdale? It's not like I own Riverdale. It's not like I can hold on to Riverdale forever. At some point, <laughs> Riverdale is going to grow up and go to college and experiment with its sexuality. And at some point, <laughs> I just am going to have to let that go. Riverdale cannot be my sweet little innocent town forever. From then on, the tone of the digest changed, and it was suspected that the editor was replaced. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things ever. Wow. I love how mad that guy was. Uh, let me tell you, current day Riverdale, it's just in Vancouver. It's just, just okay. <laughs> Wait, do they actually say it's in Vancouver or it's filmed in Vancouver? Or no, no, no. I'm just kidding because it's oh. all filmed in Vancouver. Same with I- Chilling Adventures. They were all... Vancouver. Same with it's, the beginning uh, few seasons well, of everything. The Isn't everything filmed in Vancouver? It was at least at one point. I don't know. If, maybe it still no, is. No, I mean like, but beyond this, I just mean in general, isn't everything filmed in <laughs> Vancouver? It's like one of the most filmed in cities in the world, isn't it? I guess yeah. yeah. There's a whole, if I'm not mistaken, there's like an there, I I'll, I can't remember what it was, but there was a video on YouTube I remember one time watching. It was about it was about the filmic identity of Vancouver. It was very interesting, but yeah, oh, it's like yeah. used by tons of production companies, and and as a result, it's like kind of hard for Vancouver to have an identity because it always is being something else. <laughs> so well, yeah, yeah that's movies. very true. It's 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 very funny. Like I think the funniest one is when they did they did like the eighth. Uh, Friday the 13th movie which has a Riverdale connection because the got one of the teens in that movie is the sheriff on the TV show Riverdale but anyways oh. it, it's supposed to be Jason Takes Manhattan but they filmed it all in Vancouver so people just joke that it's like Jason Takes Vancouver like it's just basically the whole thing is in in a Vancouver because like half of that movie takes place on a boat because they're supposed to be on a boat going to uh, going to New York but that's also filmed in Canada so it's like all of this like <laughs> Vancouver and like Canada as scenery and you're like yeah this is not New York <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but but the episodes that we're talking about uh, right since you, actually, since you actually watched them I did you kind watch of wanna, these I'm excited do you want to watch... give a, kind of like a, an overview about some of the stuff that we experienced um, with well, Sabrina well, I, w- I would before we do I'd like to say that we picked because there were a lot of Sabrina episodes and these is like seems to be the series that Don Bluth had worked on the most mm-hmm. And so we kind of just picked a few random ones purely by name. I yes. just I picked Cinderella story slash what the heck's going on, H E X, purely because that was funny to me. Um, and Andrew, you picked uh, yes, so high school drop ins and big deal, right? That yes, was... yes, those were the ones I picked in because so what's here's the funny thing about that is when 
we were prepping to do the musical episode is when I first discovered this show uh, mm-hmm. because I was looking up all the theme songs and the history of like theme songs through all these TV shows. And the and as soon as the theme song plays on YouTube, it's in a part of a playlist, so it auto plays the first episode, which I didn't even realize, but it was this episode. Oh, okay. And I I watched this episode and I had no idea these were the Groovy Ghoulies. I didn't know these were the Groovy <laughs> Ghoulies. I just thought they were like, oh, this is like some wacky thing that's happening, and she has like vampire and like universal monster cousins oh that's like a weird one-off joke and oh wow they they go to like high school so i just i didn't even realize that it was a tangentially related and then i watched goofy ghoulies and i was like oh i'm sorry i brought more <laughs> goofy ghoulies to all of us yeah i was i was thinking that because that was the one i watched last was the sabrina groovy ghoulies yeah, one out of all of these too. and so i was like oh no they've come back because <laughs> well, I, I i watched all the sabrina stuff first and then by the time i got to the groovy ghoulies episode i was like i don't want to watch the standalone groovy ghoulies show like after this i'm i'm i got it i understand you got it (laughs) well and and it is the better if you were to pick a better episode it's definitely the sabrina one where they're going to her high school i'm gonna take your word for that um it is yeah you guys have said about (laughs) the other one (laughs) but essentially it's a like she says like uh, at some point points out that they don't know basic mar- arithmetic because of cookies oh, yeah. <laughs> i is they're trying to divide cookies and it's like well there's four of you and there's 12 cookies so you each get three cookies and so the uh, drac is like they should go to school and and <laughs> but then, and then hijinks happen and she's like oh i don't know if uh i don't know if they should and it's like no nah, it's settled and and yeah so again it's <laughs> One of the very few things I wrote down, because I didn't take a lot of notes. I just kind of absorbed these. You know what I mean? You just got to like, right, absorb right. them. Um, they became part of you forever. That, like she's trying to get them to fit in so that the principal doesn't notice or whatever. And all she does is that the werewolf gets longer pants and a peace sign necklace. Right. But he's still like, you didn't do anything about clothes. the body hair. You're a witch. Like, why don't you like get rid of some of his body hair? He's a werewolf. <laughs> So I don't well, know. They they do one of the gags they do really confused me as to what the uh, entomology. No, that's for bucks. What <laughs> what the mythology of one of these actual like creatures were? Because the mummy gets like all of his wraps taken off, and then he exists as an eye, like a set of oh. eyes. So I was like, oh, is he actually the invisible yeah. man? Like, is that what this is supposed to be? Because he's like yeah. he gets all of his bandages taken away, and he's still sentient. And I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He is the invisible. That I thought was odd was the reveal that he was the invisible man. Yeah. Um, so he's not. So yeah, because he's not. I guess then he's not an actual mummy because mummy would be a, a like a like a corpse, right? Yeah. So that's a weird continuity. I question the fabric <laughs> of the continuity <laughs> of the logic of we, the groovy ghoulies. We have to watch every episode now and like be watching and like figure out like is this true continuity? Is does he have his bandages removed at any other time and is he invisible? Because uh, that is a thing in the Invisible Man, right? Like he wraps himself in bandages. Yeah, so but he may- has. But he usually has sunglasses and like a hat and a trench coat, right? Yep, like, yep, yep, usually, usually, even even Netflix when he was in Japan, like bottoms. even when they did the Japanese ripoffs and, and Invisible Man movies, he right. still had that exact same costume, so hmm. this is clearly, he's designed to be a mummy, because he always goes, <laughs> yeah. it's your mummy, don't you know? <laughs> don't like, you know? Like, don't <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> so... So he anyway, there's all these this <laughs> random crap happens. I don't know. This, this I guess this episode 
This yeah, episode is notable, uh, probably most notable for being the one, I think, of all of these where all three properties are present in the same episode. Because it has Sabrina, oh, the true. Ghoulies, and the Archie mm-hmm. characters. It's it's really the Avengers of the AC. It, it right? truly like, is. This is you know. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> um, yeah, but this is basically on, the, on par with Avengers Endgame. Um, and the only plot is that... <laughs> I don't. I don't have anything. I don't remember this one. <laughs> the only plot is that Reggie keeps trying to out the ghoulies because right. he's like, "I man, there's something about those monsters dressed in kids' clothes." <laughs> yeah, that's the big plot point. Is like they're going to school and somebody is like, "Wait a minute, I think those are monsters," and keeps trying to like out them. As they're monsters. trying to eat bat wing burgers and tarantula turnovers. Yeah, and, yeah, it's like, and then like, and Reggie's like, "Show me your food." Show like, me your he's food. Like, he just like ends up being like this weird conspiracy theorist. Like he, the Reggie Mantle podcast would be horrible. Uh, he'd be like, and show us the receipts. And then he bought bat <laughs> Then Sabrina grabs her ear really quick and changes it to a regular burger. Which I can't remember if that's a thing across series. Like that I, she has to grab her ear to I do magic. Think so. Isn't that in the the nineties one? I feel like is that, that in all of them? I can't remember familiar. if that's consistent. Is that like a weird? Is that like a reference to like Bewitched? How she had to wiggle her nose? Like, Probably. Is that why they? Yeah. Is that why they like they just stole it? Maybe. And it was like, ah, oh, she doesn't wiggle her nose. She tugs on her ear. Tugs on like, her I ear, would, guys. I I would really like. I would be like concerned if like every time I was chatting with somebody, I just noticed they always like tug their ear. I'd just be like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> like, what is happening? I think I? <laughs> if I'm if I'm not mistaken, this is completely unrelated. But in Japan, that's actually a gesture for when something's hot. Hmm. Is like grabbing your earlobe because the I guess your earlobe is the coldest part of your body. I don't remember what the logic was behind it, but I remember at some point in time that that's a potential re maybe I'm wrong, but I thought <laughs> I thought I read that one time and I was like, that's odd. That's an odd true. but then again, putting your thumb up or doing an okay sign, they're all they're all weird. Yeah. So um but but yeah, I I would be curious about someone constantly grabbing their earlobe when they were when they were around me um uh sorry yeah. sarah you were about to say um i was just trying to remember what the next episode was about <laughs> wait right. is big, big deal is the one with <clears throat> um is that the one you don't want to find out what happens to the coolies i don't remember school <laughs> antics. i mean they get back they get, home and they're like they yeah, go back home how and, to do math or something well they <laughs> they say what they learned and then Drax says, like, I think you all deserve an A for average or something like that. And oh, then, what a dick. I, I, what a dick. which is, but that's kind of what I want to say for filmation itself Aww. here. Uh, um, but well, they actually get an the, F for filmation or an F for filmation. And then, but then Sabrina like goes to the moon because for some reason she's just trying to get away from the ghoulies. I can relate. Um, and then I think the, Sabrina went off to orbit, don't you know? <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> then big, big. I don't know why I love saying that. Don't you know? Big oh, deal yeah. is even weirder. Big deal is like more ghoulies, but it's not even about the main ghoulies. It's about like Ratso and Batso and oh, Haunt Leroy. Haunt Leroy. There's no character who, in my eyes, is more cursed than Haunt Leroy. <laughs> like, that is like if they were going to do, like, you know, when they do cursed images or whatever. Like, you, I, I swear that's like sitting on some, like, dark web form is just the photo of Haunt Leroy. And, like, and this is this definitely is, the episode that I felt least compelled to pay attention to while it was on my TV. In all fairness, yeah. Um, it- <laughs> I could run through this one because it's yeah, so go weird. For it. Like, I, I have oh, this please, like, mentally Please, they're selling like spider aid. 
or something. <laughs> smelling spider egg, which, by the way, um, awkward. Um, a weird way, term of phrase. Um, but I guess it's just they, they milk spiders and they put them in the, like, uh, or crush up the spiders. I don't know what they do with spiders on the big spider They get an A from the <laughs> it health is a health code for average. That's for sure. <laughs> and then, like, Sabrina's like, oh, a if you want to be like, if you want to do well, you guys need a real job. You're not going to sell any of this. Hoo ha. And then uh, all of a sudden she wants to go to the beach and like Jughead comes in. Not you, Jughead. Don't look at me. My cat's name is Jughead. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> um, and he's like, I'm sorry. I've got this dog. I can't go to the beach. I have to hang out. And as you know, there are no dogs allowed on the beach. And I'm like. What rule is that? Okay, I guess that's a rule. Wouldn't well, that is anywhere a rule. else but Riverdale. That is a rule here. Maybe that's an American thing because oh, we may- have maybe that is we an have American specific thing beaches cause... for dogs. There's but oh. but I don't know how well it's enforced. Maybe people bring dogs everywhere, but I think there are some beaches where <laughs> so many episodes of Baywatch are just people like tack uh, like you know uh, <laughs> David Hasselhoff tackling dogs off of the beach. That would be great. I would actually watch that show then. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so they're so they're they're watching hot dog, and but I have yeah. a question. I have a question about hot dog. Is so like, hot dog kind of talks without moving his mouth. He it, he, he doesn't uh, have like lip sync. Like Garfield, is, yeah. Is he, it implied that people can hear him, or is it just you're we're no. hearing his thoughts? No, he operates under Garfield rules. Where okay, when yes, he talk, Sarah like, just said I mean, that I, too. I, okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Actually, no, I, I just wanted I to point maybe, out. Garfield goes by hot dog rules. Oh. <laughs> well, oh also, God. there's the, I feel like you've quoted this to me, Dax, where there's that family guy quote where they're like, so can the family hear the dog? or the dog or what, what? what's up with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, can they hear the baby talking? Oh, it's or the baby. Like, I, well, whatever. I, well, because Brian can talk to Stewie and and Brian can talk to the family, but the family doesn't understand Stewie. But most of the time do, but, and so it's yeah. it's that kind of logic where you're like it, the characters only hear that character when is convenient in a way so it's like yeah i was wondering it's like yeah can they tell what hot dog's saying but if it's like garfieldish like okay no nobody knows what hot dog's saying but it's just for our benefit i guess to to have some like because we need that i don't know i feel like you could have taken out all of hot dogs dialogue in this well and he doesn't really comment uh, uh, like much in regards when he like truly becomes giant like there's like a few no. lines because when he like, when he gets clifforded when he the... gets clifforded uh, <laughs> like oh my gosh he predates clifford this is the origin story of clifford oh, we're oh finding so many truths out <laughs> We're the Clifford Troopers. <laughs> Clifford Troopers are out there. Well, Hot no, okay. Dog is the most influential TV show dog of I'm all just, time. I'm just checking this. And it says it was first, Clifford the Big Red Dog was first published in 1963. Oh. What? Oh, well. Oh, my goodness. Well, oh, my Lord. So we must redact our, our accusations <laughs> against... Against Norman Birdwell. Oh, we're so sorry. No, Norman was a time traveler. Time traveled to the future, and he saw this episode, and then time traveled back. Anyways, uh, Clifford becomes giant due to magic shenanigans. You mean hot dog? Because was it Hilda? Oh no! You oh so 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 hot dog. So Aunt Hilda was making a potion number seventy three. I wrote down. Um, (laughs) I love that you wrote down the number. 
and that and it apparently she accidentally made it or something that that it it makes things big instead of small and then Hauntleroy, i guess is just a jackass and <laughs> wants to cause mischief i don't know i could i th- i guess that's just his thing he's just is mischievous and so he tricks uh bats and ratso into bathing the dog with that potion making him big and then they walk around town and shenanigans or I don't I can't this one's like a weird eventually, dream as well eventually Jughead comes back and in order to solve the problem she makes everyone big she forgets to make <laughs> right. she forgets to make the buildings big so like Jughead like trips on like a building and goes whoa what's going on here what a crazy day and then uh, everything goes back to normal well she first tries to give him glasses that make him oh, see no. hot dog smaller and then, yeah, yeah, then she resorts to, well, I guess I got to make everything big. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. But, but then, like, she doesn't... Hilda comes back and is like, what is all this? <laughs> and then she <laughs> and she does her bubble, bubble, toil and trouble, make everything normal on the double. And, and then it all goes back to normal. But, and there is a few shots of space where you can see that she is, like, right. enlarged the buildings. To- wow. That was pushing it a little bit. That was going a bit far, even for the the confines of this reality. Um, but there's also another, like, a spee plot here, which is, like, where she, Sabrina has some solution that she's going to try to, like, fix this. And so she tricks Mr. Weatherby into going on a vac- like into, like, going and trying to catch the tail feather of the mountain dodo. Do you remember this? <laughs> Yeah, this happened this like in there. Yeah, this happened. This happened. And, and I then, was like, what a weird, okay, this is happening. And then she forgets about it. And then at the end, she's like, oh, yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, Weatherby. And, and then he's like flying through the air with a net on the on the backside of a dodo bird. And then he falls into a fountain. And <laughs> And they're like, why don't you take a vacation? And he's like, ah, oh, I want to, but my parakeet, I don't know what I'd do about it. And so then Batso and Ratso are, are very capitalistic about it. It's like, well, we'll watch the parakeet for 50 cents an hour. And it's like, oh, no, here we go again. And that was a, a running theme, I noticed, that some of these wanted to, like, just do the, like, implied, oh, this problem continued and beyond the ending of the episode. Isn't that hilarious? I wonder um, if anyone listening to this podcast is like, wow, I got to go watch these shows. You don't. You really don't. You can put a link to them, Andrew, if you want. But okay. they don't I, really... the, the only thing I will link is the Sabrina episodes. We will not discuss <laughs> any of the other. The other episodes do not exist to me. Um, but I thought this one was like at least fun. Like it, I, I enjoyed myself in that it didn't feel like it was pushing things too far. Uh, right. Also, like I, I think maybe because I watched these first, I enjoyed them. Yeah. Right. Like I wonder if uh, I know uh, Sarah, you also watched these first. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, I first, I guess I was not as so uh, burnt out on the ways that they formed jokes in these, right? Because they're not very different show to show to show. Right. Um, but I, it was new to me for that brief moment and i was like oh i'm having a good time and i think the episode that you recommended dax is much better yeah uh, is the better of the yeah two. like i the- wasn't gonna say it but <laughs> i i <laughs> i agree yeah the one the, uh, are you guys done with this episode can we yeah i think so yeah because the, the other cinderella one was, story and the what the heck yeah because this is the one these are like the very first ones of any of these that i watch um cinderella story is sabrina going to like 
I don't know if the, it's like prom. It's like a dance. It's a dance. It's like a costume ball. Well, th- it opens with a really off-color joke, which I I loved. It was like, <laughs> so Harvey's going to take her to the costume ball. And then she dresses up. She's like changing outfits and oh, showing yeah. them to Salem. And then one of the ones she does is Marie Antoinette. <laughs> and then she and Salem's like, eh. And so then she goes, oh, I thought for sure you'd lose your head over Marie oh, Antoinette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was well, like, I, what? <laughs> there, there are some weird costumes. Because like when they get to the party, Jughead is supposed to be dressed as henry the eighth they say that they're like he's eating a bunch of they're like oh jughead he's dressed as henry the eighth and i'm like uh excuse me (laughs) and then she changes into a cave girl outfit and and salem continues to disapprove and she's like i guess you're right i'm not the club woman type it's like these are so dumb these jokes are so dumb um but anyway so she finally settles on a cinderella outfit that that Salem approves of. He approves of um, it a little too much. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah he little, sounds like a that. a little bit uncomfortable, but... Um, and then... And then they... Uh, he, she, she hears a freaking... Um, what's his... Harvey. Well, Harvey. Harvey. She hears Harvey, Harvey out the window. the most boring... Like, look. A and lot he's in of every people... series. He's in every series. It's always Harvey. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, no, like we agree 100%. Harvey is is when you it's have that friend who's like really cool. Like you have that friend. She's like really cool. And her boyfriend is just the lamest person alive. And you're like, <laughs> he's why? nice, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. That's exactly. He's like, nice. He's not mean. Yeah. He's not mean. I just find him so boring. But like, even I'm thinking of him and like, because when I when they said Harvey, I was like, oh, immediately remembering the Harvey from the '90s TV show because it's you know the one I've seen, and it's like she always liked you know he was nice and she always liked him, right? She just had to yeah. hide that she was a witch from him or whatever. Does she hide that she's a witch from Harvey in the sitcom one? I. I I can't remember which ones she keeps it a secret from him or not. Or not. It's, I think but, she maybe does for part of it. I don't know. But Harvey says to her, uh, uh, as she leans out the window, you look utterly groovy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which sums up him. So don't use that line on Sarah. But you know, well, also this was, you know, this was of the time. People said that. Sure. That was probably like a really great compliment back then. <laughs> And it's nice. He complimented her. You know, nothing wrong with Harvey. I'm going to be the dissenter here. I think Harvey's actually... That's fine. Cons- that's fine. No, that's good. Do you really Again, think Jughead's a better choice or Archie or Reggie or Moose, you know? No. Yeah. No, because most of the Archie <laughs> characters are like borderline sociopaths. So, no, I agree. That's true. <laughs> Harvey, is, Harvey is fine because he's yeah. not. not. <laughs> so, as he's... As, as Sabrina is like going to the door to leave for the dance is suddenly when her aunts decide to tell her <laughs> that tonight of all nights is like demons Eve and the do witching hour where like imps terrorize witches and they have to be careful of their powers. It's like, why did you wait yeah. until she was like about to go out the door to like tell her this is very, very strange. Um, but that's the premise of the episode, and yeah. then you find out Wacky after she, Sue. Mm-hmm. after she convinces her aunts to let her go because it's she's safe until midnight. Um, <laughs> but she doesn't ask the time zone because apparently, apparently that's... they were on what was it Green <laughs> Greenwich Savings Time, and so it was actually 
happening at nine and not midnight. And so then her powers go haywire. And this it's just a bunch of hilarious misunderstandings. And then Aunt Hilda, or no, is it Zelda? Zelda goes off to try and save her. And, um, and then Miss Grundy is dressed as a witch at the ball. And there's also this kind of moment where Zelda mistakens Grundy for Hilda and takes her on a broom ride. It's very, very, uh, wacky very wacky. Misunderstandings, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is the episode that had the punch, the spiked yeah. punch referencing, which mm-hmm. was interesting. I don't know if that was... Yeah. Because the guy, because he's like, I yeah, I never imbibe. You know, I I wouldn't dare. Yeah, and they allude to like, it again, like at the end of it or something, where she's like, "I need a drink" or something. something like that. <laughs> yeah, and then she like dives. She like jumps into the punch. Oh, yeah. Like she just. I was like, okay, sure, Grundy. I don't know what's up. <laughs> you do you, girl. Yeah. And and also, Harvey's car turns into a pumpkin. If he doesn't realize that Sabrina is a magic witch by this point, he he's he's a. a, a fucking moron yeah I'm so I, don't, sorry, I don't think he was ever <laughs> oh, the, the harvey slander yeah I mean, I don't, i'm not saying he was like the brightest but he seemed genuinely kind men take note this is more important but also try to be smart if your girlfriend's a witch please notice because i mean come on she guys. probably he, tries very even hard if to she, be a witch even if she's trying to hide it from you notice that she's a witch yeah like it's very yeah at least notice it don't tell her you know, but be aware of it because she doesn't watch want you for to the know. tugging of the ears, guys. That's the sure sign. That's, that's the, like or the, the cos- nose. That's, yeah, yeah. That's like the Cosmo article. Like how to tell if your girlfriend's a witch. What did Wiggles what did Dream nose. of Genie do? What was her thing? Oh, didn't she? Yeah, she wiggled her nose and didn't she do like a? Bl- oh no, she did a blink thing. Oh, that was like bewitched and I dream of bewitched. Genie. Right, she does the folded G- her hand arms. And did the like. These are the signs. I'm doing These it. These are the telltale signs. I believe you're doing it. I can't tell you what I did. I, like a blink and nod. <laughs> oh my God. I can picture so, it. The, but, but that, any other notes on Cinderella story? No. So, no, absolutely the, not. The last of the last of the episodes we watched for, for Sabrina was what the heck's going on. And I, this was my favorite. Um, yes, I agree. This is right. Yeah. And this one involved Jughead very, very heavily. Um, and I, I, so it's like, it starts out interesting where it's like Sabrina is talking to Jughead because big Ethel, she's like, what's the problem? And Jughead's like big Ethel. She, she's convinced I'm running around with another woman. And, and it's because of this thing where it's like big Ethel, like is like puts a record into pops, like music player to like accuse him of a of cheating on her <laughs> and and i thought okay that's where this episode's gonna go is like it's she's gonna see you know jughead and sabrina together and assume that something's going on which does happen but like i thought that's gonna be the whole thing but then he like says something mean about witches and aunt hilda shows up <laughs> freezes time and it's like, which okay that's a thing you can do she freezes time and then it's like i'm gonna teach Jughead a lesson <laughs> and she just goes full asshole against yeah. Jughead throughout she this whole episode. She could have killed him, you know? Really? It's like, I, I don't know she why wanted she... To. 
I think she's just like she just like plays around with like you know what would she do in today's society? Like everybody, like there's always like this is a witch hunter that she just turned up. She's like a real witch hunter like this, and then like puts a hex on them, and their whole day is ruined. Like it's gonna be terrible. And and, and the hex is very strange. It's that everything he says will happen. Um, and so when a bunch of records, she throws a bunch of records at Jughead, and then and then pops comes over. It's like what happened here. And and he's like, ah, beats me. And so Pop starts beating him, <laughs> like fighting him. Uh, and there's a funny joke at the end of this where he, he when Sabrina kind of keep she keeps trying to rectify all these situations and she snaps Pops out of it, I think. And then he's like, oh, heavens, I don't know what came over me. It must be something I ate. And then Jughead <laughs> says, I know, I know. I've eaten here, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did love that. I love that, but it's but I, at the same time, it's always like you know, Jughead. This is all you eat. Like your entire character is you just eat at Pops. Like, what have you done? What crimes have you committed? If this is like a fugue state that you're aware of. So, so any so like stuff keeps happening to him. And also, like how so- stupid. If we're gonna talk about people that people are dating, what is the deal with Big Ethel? Come on, guys. Like. Okay. Harvey's totally a nice guy, but Big, Big Ethel has no brains. Well, well, Big Ethel is like textbook um, sexism at play, <laughs> like real bad, like real bad. And guess what? Throughout the years, no one has ever treated Ethel Muggs, which is the character's full name, with any respect. Mm. Uh, the Riverdale TV series like, is awful to, to Wait, Ethel Wait, yeah, Muggs. which one is she in? Because... I've seen Riverdale. She's the one who's played by Barb from Stranger Things. Oh, so, like, aw, poor Ethel. Yeah, they right? are mean. Yeah. Okay, and now she's I have like, a little she, bit and... more. You know, yeah. Now I, I feel yeah. a little better about Ethel, but still, like, she needs to. You know, Sabrina's like, t- like helping him up. You know, right? <laughs> like, well, so, so I want to go over this because this is funny because like stuff keeps happening to him. And Sabrina keeps trying to pick him up and fix the situation. And, of course, Big Ethel keeps showing up every time she sees Sabrina's arms on Jughead. And but, but to her credit, it takes, like, three instances. So, like, there's one time she's, like, go hugging and kissing in broad daylight. The brazenness of that hussy. I kept writing these lines down because they were just so funny. But I, I noticed something here, which is, like, she says kissing, but there wasn't no, any kissing. there wasn't. And I heard like a kissing sound, but there was no animation for any kissing. Yeah. Um, but then there, <laughs> this the, the so she sees like two times stuff happen, and each time she's kind of like, oh, maybe I didn't see it. And then after the second time was the funniest one, where she's like, <laughs> I just laughed. Oh, there I go, being insanely jealous again. <laughs> Always jump into the wrong conclusions. I'm sure there was a completely innocent reason why Jughead was in Sabrina's arms. Uh, I must fly to his side and beg oh his forgiveness. <laughs> and then, of course, she sees it again, and then she punches him. I was like, to her credit, it did take three times. Like, she, she was... She was willing to forgive it, but it, it, she did see it happen three times. So, you know, let's let's back off of her just a little bit because I think I love I love that this podcast has devolved to like Harvey apologist and <laughs> big, big Ethel, Ethel apologist. That's what we are here today. <laughs> I, this is so interesting. I'm actually like skimming her Wikipedia. There's so much <laughs> to Ethel. I feel bad for having misjudged her, although she's like just 
so oh, in this Which episode, is whatever. funny because she, I have written here, she then says to, oh, Sabrina, can you ever forgive me for misjudging you? <laughs> so it's just funny that you said something similar wow. there. I, I'm looking, this says, um, I don't know where they, various stories depict Ethel as a fan of science fiction, art, and trains. She also has a talent for making dollhouse furniture and often works as a babysitter. She is a fine cook, which is one of the reasons Jughead occasionally submits to being around her. She's fond of dogs and sometimes uses her attractive female poodle Clementine as bait to lure Jughead and hot dog. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Wait a minute. That implies that Jughead is also there for the attractive poodle <laughs> and I am very concerned. It's true, And yeah. not big Ethel. <laughs> well, I so like I I'm trying to get whether or not Jughead likes her because like yeah. it, at the end she, Sabrina says he needs to not talk for an hour and so she shoves a like a hamburger or something in his mouth and is just like come along Juggy Bigethel has more where that came from <laughs> and then Jughead says now I know this is a nightmare I'm holding her hands oh, oh gee and it's like what the <laughs> fuck. <laughs> You were complaining about her <laughs> accusing you of cheating on her this whole episode, and then you and she's like being nice and holding your hand, and you don't want it. Ugh. So I don't know, Jughead. You're you're not the MVP of this series well, to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. Even on this Wikipedia for Ethel, it it never says that they even dated. I mean, obviously in this show they're dating, but it it basically says that Ethel's like she really likes Jughead the whole time, and he never likes her. And she try, you know, she gets a makeover by Betty and Veronica to try and like get his attention. Makeover, 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 makeover. Uninterested as ever. Like it's, it's sad. Sarah, I'm mad. I'm mad you didn't catch on to my Clone High reference. I did. I was listening. Okay. I was, it was okay. background music for me talking. Um, I enjoyed it. Did you it was... see that magic wall? They the bitch. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I liked it as background music for my thing about Ethel. So, um, well, yeah, do you know? And do you know what the name of that episode is? Makeover. It's called Makeover, Makeover, Makeover. The Makeover episode. That's the full <laughs> title of that episode. Amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, that's just where my mind went when talking about it. But like, so she's the Amy Rose of this story, where she's like always <laughs> pining exotic? after him. Sonic the Hedgehog. Which, which is part of Archie Comics, baby. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> I, I just Googled Oh, Amy yeah. Like, oh, Sanic. <laughs> Can't wait. Original character. Don't steal. <laughs> so... So, uh... So, yeah. Anyway, that was... That was Sabrina. Oh, my God. There's Sonic Sabrina. and Amy. There's Sonic and Amy fan fiction. Okay. Never mind. What was that? There's Sonic and Amy fa fan fiction. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna. There's just, more than that. It was like really. There's more than that. Don't go down. <laughs> Anyways, there I, was sorry, Archie I'm, and his new pals. I'm a, <laughs> I just want to say for the record, I am a Sally Stan all the way. Let's go with the. Uh, gonna go with the Freedom Fighters canon here. I don't. I don't want any Amy Rose in my stories. Anyway, so. Moving on. <laughs> Jack. Dax the Hedgehog strikes again. <laughs> So the final thing that is the most relevant to the actual podcast you're listening to. Yay, we made it, everyone. <laughs> Only two hours in. And we're finally getting to the relevant Hey, this is, portion. you know what? Compared to our uh, Bluth episodes, this is short. This is about, maybe, maybe, maybe it should be split into two. I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh no, they're marathoning this. You gotta. You're making your listeners listen through all of that. But that's the thing with the podcast. You can always pause it and yeah. come back later. Um, it's 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 what I'd do. Um, but yeah, we're at the thing, which Archie is Archie and his new pals. Archie and his new pals. So this isn't part of. This isn't technically part of the series. It's like, and also, this is weird. It's like all the previous stuff. Don Bluth's credit was layout. This is the one where his credit is designed by. So it leads me to think he had maybe a little more of a hand over the look of this one. And it wouldn't surprise me because it like something felt a step up. It's some, something about this is the best one, right? Like we all agree yes. that this is by and far yes. like the best of all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels the most coherent. It has an actual moral. It, it like feels like they had more money. Or yeah. something like just barely uh, for this than a typical episode, um, but yeah, like I'm curious. I would love to know what he actually did on this one because it seems like he was given more of a a standout kind of because it says art director Don Christensen, and then underneath that it says designed by Don Blake, yeah. which it on on wiki and on IMDb it says production design by, but that's hmm. not what it says in the actual credits. So. If it was production design, I mean, he would essentially be like defining the look of certain things. And but it's like, I don't know how else to describe that. Um, It's kind of a nebulous credit that they gave him here. But and that's not on any of the other things, too. There's nobody who's credited with design by in the credits of like all those other episodes. So bit of a mystery, bit of a weird mystery, if you will. Oh no! <laughs> going on in this town. Anyway, um, uh, it's kind of, the the way to to track this down was kind of was kind of uh, fascinating and was like a weird kind of like sh- series of strokes of luck because you had mentioned that like on the internet it was like impossible to find like it just doesn't seem to be archived anywhere and I looked that up and it was just said oh yes this was included on the DVD box set of blank Archie like the Archie's Funhouse box set and I was thinking I'm like. I own some Filmation Archie thing that I got in the thrift <laughs> store for like two bucks one wow. day. Like, what wow. is this? And then I go back and then I look at it and I was like, oh, it's on it's on this one. And then I remembered that I had gifted that same Archie set to one of my friends who I don't have any like DVD player to properly rip it. Mm-hmm. So I had to talk to my friend who's like an Archie collector <laughs> and he was like, oh yeah, I'll rip that off and send that to you. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. And I was like, man, you did all this work. Like you can be on the episode if you want. He's all like, I'm not watching that many episodes, that, that many bad TV show episodes <laughs> in a row. And I was like, no, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> this is the but one. Yes. This is the one I watched first, so it was downhill uh, after after this, going through this one. Like basically last, and I think I skimmed through the other ones after this. But I mean, I did save this for last ish because I knew it was most relevant to this podcast, and also like Dax, because you had said that it was probably the best one, and I agree. So yeah, and it's it's not just because of yeah, it's not just because of like how it looks, but. But I mean, there is like more animation in this. I think. Well, there's more right. to it the story. It feels like there so. is. The story feels like it has an actual arc. Like instead of oh, Jughead keeps falling down, and Sabrina helps him up, and his girlfriend sees them, and then it happens <laughs> right. again in the same exact way. This has like, it does have like an actual arc and like a thing. You're you know, the end is like the results of the election, and it's like yeah. 
and it felt it felt very much like he like it was a, a, almost a comic it felt like this could have easily been one yeah. of the stories of an archie comic that's very true and so well when we get to the there is a sequence that montages moose mm-hmm. in a whole bunch of different outfits you got okay. an image big moose <laughs> you got an image big moose sorry okay <laughs> no yeah there there is that whole and one of the scenes the very brief snippet is moose dressed as frankenstein's monster yeah which mm. seemed like a groovy ghouly ish kind of well well in the oh. modern day they've been doing uh archie horror comics where there's like a whole bunch of like adult themed horror comics and one of them is jughead the hunger where jughead turns into a werewolf and eats people um instead of eating burgers it's like oh he's, he's ravenous as a werewolf mm. in one point he kills moose and somebody <sighs> stitches moose back together what? and makes franken moose oh my and franken moose is a character in that and it's franken moose versus werewolf jughead <laughs> and like i saw yes it's that's comics oh, are wild these wow. days folks um and that is i immediately that went to mind and i was like is that a weird reference to this very very specific <laughs> special or is this just like weird happenstance where you only have so many universal monsters and you eventually get to frankenstein and i guess moose is the closest right yeah. moose would be the first you'd you'd put into a frankenstein it's frankenstein's monster uh, outfit uh, <laughs> but but um, that's fascinating. Yeah. That's such an interesting, obscure connection between these. Um, no, okay. So where do we start with this? <laughs> I mean, it's 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 the- actually like a pretty straightforward plot, right? Like it's basically like there's a student council election. Uh, Archie's out of the race because he he, he can served serve only two, two terms. Two terms. <laughs> so and I was like, okay. Interesting. And it begins, I um, should note, it begins with like a really long intro. Um, oh, gosh. Like yes. of them spelling yes, Archie. Right. And it's different from the usual Archie show, like intro, right? Because the yeah. other one is like, yeah. The, so so this has like specific songs for it, um, which, which was interesting. But I also, Archie like kind of breaks the fourth wall in it. Am I crazy? Like, did there was like a moment where he was talking to camera at the beginning? I don't and remember I d- that. I can't remember like characters doing that in, in any of these. It was it was a little odd. Yeah, that is that is a little odd. Um, it's it's fascinating that they set this up as it's almost like a back. Is it like a backdoor pilot for Sabrina? Like, I wasn't sure because it really yeah. did seem like this was the very first appearance well, of Sabrina yeah. when... in this world, and then the show happened after. So the Archie show. Um, which was 69. Um, it, I don't think Don worked on any of those episodes of the actual show because I looked at, I looked up at a few of those specific episodes and I couldn't find his name in the credits. Um, but this is 69 that this happened and it says Sabrina was 69 to 72. And this special Archie and his new pals was, it feels like they were introducing Sabrina. Mm -hmm. I don't know the release order of all these, but she's like new to the school and she's trying to make friends. So, and it seems like in Sabrina, she already knows the Archie characters. So that's, I think you're right. I think it does feel like this was meant to introduce Sabrina into the canon so that they could have the series for her coinciding with the Archie 
Yeah, but I don't know because it says the Archie Show was also '69, so I don't know which of these yeah, came who, out before which. I mean, so who really knows? Because this is all like film. Like maybe this was just like an idea for a thing they had and they made it into a thing. Mm-hmm. Like they they, they 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 might not have cared about continuity at all. I don't know. Um, it was it was just fascinating because for a while I was like, why did we get the Sabrina plot? Like, how is this gonna play yeah, in it, at it, all? I really was like, this is a unconnected B plot for a long time. It felt like it wasn't relevant to the main story. But credit to the fact that this show was actually written by a person who was writing, and there's a plot to it, um, right? <laughs> and it does it connect does... later. It does. It does <laughs> it come does into play later. and become important. But I felt that too, where I was like, why is Sabrina here? What is this? So <laughs> what yeah. is the point of this? Yeah, so it's Sabrina's like first day at the school, which is unrelated till the end, and then uh, it's about who who is it who's running for president? It's is it Reggie who Reggie Mantle? Yeah, he, Reggie he Mantle wants Reggie to be Mantle. class president, well, and uh, but the, everyone else doesn't want him to be class president. So. Uh, Oh yeah, but Re- Reggie. So Reggie wants somebody to run against him who's definitely going to lose. So he kind of tricks them into uh, nominating Moose and well, wacky hijinks so, ensue. Basically. Well, so there's there's this whole thing because Sabrina does kind of like introduce a bit of this as she's walking in. Because um, well, first she runs into Grundy, Miss Grundy, and. Because uh, Miss Grundy sees Salem and she's about to say like no cats and then Sabrina disappears Salem and she's like well this is the last pair of spectacles I buy from a Hong Kong mail order catalog <laughs> which is such a bizarre line um, but then Sabrina runs into Dilton who's carrying a bunch of books and all of his books fall over and uh, and he says oh it's not often I bump into a heavy reader uh, and it's like pushes up his glasses and so Dilton is then pulled away by Reggie. And that's how you find out that Reggie and Dilton are like in this sort of uh, he, Dilton is basically like trying to bribe or sorry, Reggie's trying to bribe Dilton into endorsing him and working with his campaign um, f- because he promises him a science better lab. science lab. Oh yeah. So that's the reason Dilton is helping him throughout this whole. And I guess yeah, Sabrina's storyline. Sabrina's storyline is that she keeps trying to make friends and they keep like getting pulled away from her. Literally, there yeah. is a, a man dragged away by a mechanical mm-hmm. hand attached to a voting car while yeah. he's hitting on Sabrina. Yeah. <laughs> and no, that's not a a, a news story from 2020. <laughs> but. But yeah, so uh, because Dilton, so I think you already said it, but like, yeah, uh, Reggie want, thinks like Moose will be an easy person to beat. So that's why he also gets Moose nominated. I guess but. maybe this feels more like a more fleshed out episode, be, that, like as opposed to other things we've watched, because it actually does have a B plot. I was just thinking the other ones didn't really have B plots. They just said their A plot. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. Um, but the whole thing is like, they I, the Archie gang decides that they want to try to stop Reggie from getting elected because they think he'll be terrible. Um, and so they want to make Big Moose's campaign better. And so they, they try and like dress him up in a bunch of things where the Frankenstein thing happens. And it's where you get. Is it the first song since the intro where there's like 
Where they I, th- do I think so. Yeah. Yeah. You need an image, big moose. You need an image. <laughs> I'm sorry. That song like got stuck in my head yeah. for way too long after watching it. It's, um, it's surprising like how catchy these are, right? Because yeah. like, man, these studio musicians must have had to like, because almost every of the Archie show, like I think it had a song in almost every episode, wow. like an original song. Well, and, and I can't imagine how difficult that would have been as a studio musician. Was that the origin of Sugar Sugar? Like did Sugar Sugar yes, come yes. out of the Sug- show? It was made oh, for oh, the oh. show or did it proceed and then they been... just put it in the show? No, it was like it was tied into the show. It was tied into the show in some regard. It might have been like a, a, an original released album, but it was like to promote the show. Um, okay. I remember I, yeah, there was like a, there was a history on it. There's like a, like a pop culture history on it. Well, um, I watched, I watched the clip of the song in the show in this animated series. And it, it's basically just characters going up to Sabrina at a kissing booth the whole time. It's a really weird <laughs> it was a really weird video, but I wasn't sure if Sugar Sugar came out of out of this or not or which oh, came first. It definitely does because I've heard the uh like on well at least the iTunes version does because uh, well the Spotify, sorry. I've listened to it on Spotify because I'm that kind of person who listens to Sugar Sugar outside of the show. Um but in it there's dialogue that now matches what you're saying the plot happens because like Jughead goes like crazy and is trying to kiss everybody and I'm like why is Jughead trying to kiss everybody but I guess this <laughs> Sabrina kissing booth like fits in so it is actually from the show then I'm willing to say okay that's my final answer <laughs> that's your final it's Reggie here that's your no different Reggie uh, uh but um <laughs> rest in peace <laughs> but the um so okay so and then after the like trying to dress him up, they take him to Veronica's, right? Like yeah, to to be um, like what do you call it? Um, what's that movie? Or was it Veronica's? Play? Yeah, isn't it her house? Cause it's her butler. Yeah, yeah, so it's-, it's her butler, and it and it's like that. Speaking of Clone High again, it is like that exact <laughs> scene where like Gandhi gets. <laughs> oh no no! I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, uh, gets the lessons from um, you know JFK. And he's like learning how to be <laughs> like a better, uh, more refined uh, party platter. Well, and all of those, yeah. So there's they do. It's a mare, it's a my fair lady parody. Yes, that they're that's doing, what I was. So. I know, but it was more fun to talk. To <laughs> but, no, no. Well, I but thought you were gonna it, say that there's a butler just like in Clone High. <laughs> there's a. <laughs> There's a there's, there's Mr. A, Butlertron. <clears throat> wait, where's the butler in uh, anyway? Oh, Butlertron. Mr. Butlertron. Uh, yeah. Mr. B. I don't know, I, I'm crazy. Wesley. <laughs> it's right, Wesley. <laughs> um, I rewatched. I rewatch. I watched through all of Clone High recently, so it's it's fresh on my mind. I want to rewatch it now. Like after watching all this, I'm like, I want to watch something that I really, really, really like. <laughs> to your listeners, if you've never watched it, go watch Clone High. Yeah, because they're re- um, um, rebooting it, or who knows? Do, who knows? Who has any they're idea? They're doing a new series. Who knows what Lord and Miller are going to do with it? Yeah. Um, I hope it's Clone College because that would yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah, if that, but um. So no, but there's so Moose is like with the butler, and they're trying to get him to say like, the strain on on this campaign is mainly on my brain, um, womp womp, and uh, <laughs> and uh, that's about it. That's a that's yeah. he learns to say it, but then there's like wacky hijinks because like somebody <laughs> because they like switch identities. So yeah. like the uh, Moose rubs off on the butler. 
and then the butler rubs off on Moose. So like, uh, she's like Veronica sends the butler to go do something, and she's like, "Don't have a cow, man," or whatever. Sixties <laughs> equivalent. Right, the butler says something dumb. I briefly, briefly, for like a microsecond, thought that they'd done like a body switching thing, and this was now a body switching episode. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. I, I wasn't oh sure. Gosh. I wasn't sure if they like traded places and pre- were yeah. pretending to be each other. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't clear at first, no. but. Um, the only takeaway I have from this whole scene is that Veronica's fam is loaded. I just, yeah, I want. Yeah. <laughs> well, she yeah. is in know. the in the in Riverdale too, and I never know because I, you know, again, I, I had seen a little bit of Riverdale, but not, you know, I wasn't familiar with the Archie comics. I didn't know which of that was sort of had carried over because there's a lot that's different, obviously, in Riverdale the show versus, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, but I guess she's rich in, in everything. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. yep. That's she's, her. That's her whole thing. She's rich say, and she's kind of mean. Some would say she's a a better choice than certain. Anyway, so moving Ooh. on to oh, oh. <laughs> then certain characters. No. Um. Anyway, so <laughs> take that how you will. Uh, no so idea what that. What, what else? Uh, Betty no. has like no character. In I this don't like show. Betty. That's I don't sure. like Betty. She doesn't do anything. She, she, doesn't, never... she doesn't do. She doesn't do anything in this show other than be a jerk. Like, she is supposed to be, like, the compassionate one. That's normally her character. So she'd be like, oh, Moose isn't so bad. But now she's like, no, Moose is a moron. Like, screw all of you. I'm Betty. I'm mean now. Boo, Moose. And you're like, all right, that's rude. Could just be nice. So, like, doesn't Moose end up in a tree or something, and then he's, like, hiding from them? Because he's just like, I don't I don't want to even be part of this. And, and then they say a bunch of mean things to him. Like, I think he, like, there's some hijinks that puts him in the tree, and then they come out looking for him, and then they say mean things about him. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, I guess they don't like me. And, and in the midst of all this, there's, like, also Reggie's plan that's going on around, and, like, he... Has like a car posting posters uh, for the election, and he's going overboard with it, so people are getting sick of Reggie. And then, um, and and he accidentally posters over the is it the principal or who is it? Somebody gets postered in the face by one of Reggie's posters at some point. Um, I don't do you remember what I believe I'm... it's. I believe it's Mr. Weatherby. Yes. Yeah. So Weatherby gets postered, um, and then oh, Sabrina's random friend gets taken away <laughs> um, but but then like moose ends up in he's hiding in the basement of the school or where is he hiding like some some lower level of of Riverdale, oh right? yeah okay. it, it just uh, I get, I, it reminded me of that simpsons when they hide away like all of the like uh dumb members oh, yeah. of the nuclear power plant <laughs> like under, underneath where they have an inspection um and homer bursts out <laughs> and he's like, like <laughs> The bees, the bees stung my bottom. Now my bottom's big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like that exact scene because it looked like the exact type of location. It's just like the basement of the high school. And you're like, that's weird that he's there. And then you're like, and then Sabrina is pouting there too. And I'm like, yeah. Sabrina, you're a witch. You're go a witch. cool <laughs> yeah. to pout. Like, you some, should just go like, to the moon yeah. and pout yeah, there. Man. Dr. Manhattan that shit. Like, go up and... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am tired of these Riverdale people and their games. But yeah, it all it all comes together. The in, a witch maker god. Anyway, in the scene, um, you know, all the, the A plot. I, I tire of these. The A plot and the B plot come together. <laughs> I tire of them as well. I'm sorry, Sarah. Sorry, we just. Oh, nothing. I was just explaining the episode. <laughs> so okay, yeah. So like, anyway, 
Sorry, were you just what? Oh, what were the words you just said? I was it saying, was saying the A plot and the B, the B plot come together. At yes, this final, so Sabrina, finally. Yeah, Sabrina gets a friend who's super nice to her, and she's like, "You're a nice guy, just be yourself," and that's like the message. Yeah. and he's like, "Yeah," because right. he's been he's, he keeps saying, "I've been trying to be other people," and yeah, yeah it's like that's the trouble. You should have just been yourself. Yeah, and she and gets says, him there with magic too, because he's like late for the debates or whatever. So well, and she said what she says is really sweet too. She says, because um, he's like, who would vote for a muscle bound slob like me? And she says, well, me. And he's like, oh, you mean it? And she said, why not? You're strong, honest, truthful, and it wouldn't surprise me if the rest of the school felt the same Aww. way. Um, and yeah, this is where it like tugged at me. It started tugging at my heartstrings uh, a little bit. It made and, you yeah, feel something, you know. And, and she starts magicking, and also because like she hasn't been able to make a friend either. So yeah, there's something she gets out of this too, which is becoming which friend Moose becoming her friend, and and Reggie's already in the middle of his speech, um, where he's like, um, smear smearing, <laughs> Big Moose, um, and uh, you know, just being generally annoying as he's been the whole his episode, empty promises and stuff, and um, Moose shows up because of Sabrina's magic. Um, and this is like, I don't know. This was like the sweetest thing that, that Moose said. I was like really surprised at the writing here, but he says, I wrote this all down. I know I don't have the gift of gab like Reggie or a genius IQ like Dilton, but there's a couple of things I do have. I'm honest. I'm a hard worker and I don't promise things I can't deliver mm. up till now. Everybody's been laughing at me cause I've been pretending to be something I ain't. Well, I'm through with all that. And from now on, I'm just going to be myself hard-working good-natured moose Aww. and if you vote for me i'll try my own dumb way to be the best darn president riverdale ever had that's good stuff. <laughs> and it was like that's good stuff i was like i wanted to stand up it's like well he's got my vote you know? <laughs> <laughs> everybody don't don't write in moose but if big moose was against reggie i know i know who i'd want to support <laughs> So. That is, I, I wonder maybe there is more to that design by credit. Because, like, that seems like, again, when you bring up the plot, you bring up all that. Like, there's a lot of, like, Don Bluth-esque heart in this episode. Yeah. yeah. I'd be curious if he, like, was had any hand in, in pushing some of the execution. But you wouldn't wouldn't know without asking him. But, like, this, this definitely felt elevated for whatever reason above the other ones. And just having this whole, like, underdog story of Moose under moose story of him becoming um of of him finding a way to find himself in this uh campaign was kind of moving in its own fun little way um but then it, it comes to the end where it's like it's time to tabulate the ballots um which has, it's good use of tabulate <laughs> and then there's like fun there's like political humor in here or it's like i'll wait till the upstate vote comes in or, or, <laughs> and and Reggie's stuck on 499 because there's like, I guess there's like a thousand or so votes. Yeah, and so there's a like, thousand students and there's a hundred percent voter turnout. I find that very perplexing. <laughs> <laughs> but but Dilton ends up uh, voting because um, Dilton forgot to vote. And then they just because it's a tie of like 500 and 500 between Reggie and Big Moose. And then they find that Dilton didn't vote. And he's like, oh, well, I'll vote. And so, of course, you assume that he's going to not vote for Reggie, which is the case. (laughs) He ends up up voting for Big Moose because he's tired of Reggie's bullshit. 
And then um, he says, like, I've decided putting the wrong guy in office isn't worth 100 labs as much as that may shock you. I wish um, more people felt that way. You know, I was about, oh yeah, does he say as much as that may shock you, and then some, he actually gets shocked somehow? Oh right, yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie gets shocked. So I'm in full support of the big moose party. Um, <laughs> I, I I loved it, but like then the way that ends, everyone's like, yeah, Reggie's the worst. Reggie sucks, and then it cuts to them all singing together, and Reggie's in the Archies, and like this makes me mad every time. I don't know what every time. Every we time hate Archie. Up. Fuck you, Archie. Or sorry, sorry, that was a slip. Of, <laughs> that was a slip. We hate you, Reggie. Screw you, Reggie. Now, also, you're in the band. We'll see you at practice at nine. Right. Okay, cool. <laughs> and he tries to he tries to like get Archie to help him too. Just before that, where it's like, and he's, he's like, actually, the truth is, I'm glad it worked out this way, Arch. If I'd won, I'd have transferred out of Riverdale. And it's like, how come? Because uh, I wouldn't go to a school that would have a guy like me for president. Uh. And it's like, oh, Reggie, you probably would have made such a bad president after all. Um, uh. And then and then Reggie starts being. It's like, well, actually, you know, uh, and he tries to like get Reggie to become his uh, to help him next year. And he's like, oh no, not again. Uh, and it's just, but yeah, then it's like it goes to them in the band playing all happy. And then the there's like a moment where Sabrina like hip hippie magics the adults. I guess I don't know how to describe. <laughs> describe what it is that she does <laughs> that sounds like something that would be in like an educational film from like the 1960s beware of the hippie magic <laughs> but it's like the adults are already having a good time and then she does something and i wasn't sure what it was she did if she just made them more hip i don't know um but then yeah they're playing this whole ending song where the, the credits play and uh and it's the same exact animation they've used every single time that the Archies have been playing a band ever. Yes, yes, yes. So much so that there, I'm pretty sure there's one point where Veronica dances in that. And I forget what show we watched in this collection, but one of the characters on that show dance. Oh, it was with the real D- Jerry Lewis do whatever the fuck Jerry Lewis did. Whatever the shit he was doing. There's a point where the, the lady, he's with the lady, uh, is dancing. Da- the lady they're dancing and she is dancing in the exact same animation oh. style that veronica dances this, that like she's like the legs me. going up and like doing the dance and doing the clip clap uh, flicking the clapping and clicking this, i don't know what i'm doing i'm becoming a jerry lewis character this, this is something that we've <laughs> talked a lot about on our podcast is like when like especially at disney they would like reuse animation where it might be different characters but they use like I don't know how they'd you redraw would, it. Yeah, they like redraw, redraw it, but they the use like mechanics. yeah, they use the original one as reference. So they did it a lot with um, like in Robin Hood and uh, like Snow White. I think they reused. Well, Snow White's the original right, 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 one, right. so it's like saying they they would lift a lot of stuff from Snow White right. and a bunch of other ones. But um, but yeah, Robin Hood has a ton of reuse. But even like Sword in the Stone and mm-hmm. even like um, even like I think if I'm not mistaken, um. Frickin', I don't have the I don't have the list in front of me, but like even like rescuers and yeah. like some of the other ones yeah. had like there's like a deer shot from Bambi that's copied in like five other things, yeah. and it's the exact oh, same. Oh wow, really? Deer. That's awesome. Well. It's it's the same like deer lifting its head mm-hmm. because it hears something. Animation. Oh, okay, that it, makes sense. It's like 
but there's in the rescuers that happens and it's like but you're in a bayou are there <laughs> yeah, deers in bayous why, why did i say that made sense did they make it look like a crocodile right. like, maybe it's a crocodile in disguise <laughs> but um but yeah there's even in uh the end of Oh, Sleeping Beauty, I think, has like even a reference kind of, like to, Jungle or, or Book. maybe I feel like Jungle. Or no, Book. no, no, Sleeping Beauties was copied in Beauty and the Beast, mm. maybe, or one of the. I'm I'm so bad at this. I can't. Yeah, remember. I think Snow White, Jungle Book, and um, Robin Hood all have like like a woman clapping or or no, like I don't know. I just you see like the same things, and you're like, oh, I remember that like movement or dance or whatever, and it's like, oh yeah, they're. Yeah, they're saving money and still looks good, you know. It's just like, yeah, it looks it looks like that other thing, but Oh, know. the Aristocats was one that, that yes. ripped off a bunch of stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just Oh, okay. And and um yeah, stuff in Jungle Book. It's funny cuz Jungle Book ripped stuff off and then Robin Hood ripped off from Jungle yeah. Book. <laughs> um but oh yeah, it's so there's like the Sleeping Beauty scene and then there's also the scene in Beauty and the Beast. Like there's mm. like the same dance sequence at the end uh, is almost like identical. Although that maybe is like more of an homage. Anyway, mm. that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. The point is that all these studios, whenever they were strapped for money, they tried to reuse animation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Filmation is no exception. I was going to say, it. I wonder if Filmation ever had money. Like I, I do, I I do question they, this too. I don't we, know if they could ever be strapped for cash. And did we bring up that um, filmation? Did we bring up the Josie thing earlier? That like yes, Hanna-Bar- yes, that it's not part of the ACU yeah. because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's so weird. But it's like I wonder why filmation didn't go after that, or like were they not able to afford it? I think Josie and the Pussycats was made later. Like I think J- Josie and the Pussycats was a later invention. Like I don't think Josie was around as long. Oh right! No no no. So the Josie and the Pussycats as a band is a recreation and a retooling of all the romance characters hmm. um, that that were in the the Archie universe, right? So they they were not originally a band; they were reconfigured and retooled to ha- be in a band, and then that became the show. Huh? Oh, it says here yeah. seven seventy through seventy one was sixteen episodes of Josie on CBS. Right. Okay. So it was near the same time period. That's weird. That is weird then. Huh. So anyway, Hmm. um, yeah, that's also, also, I just remember one other thing that like Sarah and I like briefly kind of talked about at one point, which is, um, why, why are they called, why is the band (laughs) called the Archies when only one of them is named Archie? (laughs) right okay that's one that's a good point Two, like they always say that jughead is the heart of the band they're always like hey jughead where are you like why Why couldn't it be the hot dogs why isn't it the hot dogs dogs? why isn't it the jugheads (laughs) (laughs) the jughead the juggies um but but yeah like why isn't it I, I don't know. It'd be like if you started a band and you were like the Andrews, and it's it's like you and you and a girl I mean, named really, Linda, you and a, a guy really, named Paul. It's like really, it would be like a weird conjunction with the Archies because Archie Andrews. So you yeah. got the Archies, you got yeah. the Andrews, and we only cover songs for, that That's were done true. by the Archies. Yeah, it's it's like if they called the Beatles the Pauls, <laughs> the Pauls, right? right? That's true. Yeah, we're the Lennons, right? That's who we are. <laughs> 
I don't know if we said it at any point, but Sabrina's last name is Spellman, right? <laughs> Ooh. Damn it, Harvey. Why that. can't you tell she's a witch? Her last name is Spellman. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he doesn't want to judge. He doesn't maybe she thinks he's from another culture. He he why he want to be. So that was our yeah. deep dive into That all was our of the fantastic art, voyage. Our fantastic voyage <laughs> through all the filmation properties oh, that goodness. Well, we did there were like a couple. There was one there was one thing we didn't mention. <laughs> Um, one oh, tiny no. thing. Uh, oh, no, no, it's it's no, no, no. I didn't include it on purpose, but it's um, Filmation also made a film in '72 called Journey Back to Oz, mm. um, which is a whole <laughs> hour and a half thing. Um, it's re- it's really interesting. He was layout on it, um, but it's uh, it's kind of funny because this, this is like. Uh, Wizard of Oz came out in what 39 39, mm-hmm. 39. and so this is like th- uh, so this would be like 33 years later that this this movie came out and it actually has Liza Minnelli huh. who was the daughter of Judy Garland yeah. playing Dorothy in this movie huh. in Journey Back to Oz wow. so this is very strange like little forgotten film um but that's the only thing we didn't go because it just was like that's not (laughs) it's like not gonna tack this on top of all of this stuff but um for the sake of being completist um those are those are all the filmation things that that don bluth worked on so i hope if you liked hearing us ramble about this you know um that maybe you check out some of Don Bluth's stuff if you weren't already familiar with him. Yeah. And your podcast. Oh. I mean, oh, sure, uh, that's, that's, where the, <laughs> that's where the real magic happens. Um, you know, you guys are podcasts, Spellmans, because you're always <laughs> tugging, your, tugging the listeners' tugging ears. ears. I, every time I edit, I just tug my ear just for to good measure. Yeah. <laughs> if editing was that easy, I would be doing so many more podcasts. Just editing tugging my magic. ear. And just, boom, all the background noise. No, but yeah, we talk about all the films. We're, we're, we're getting to the end, but mm-hmm. we, have, we have more stuff still. So yeah. the, the pandemic kind of through somewhat of a wrench yeah in getting we're, we're on a little done. little break from recording but it just gives people time to catch up on our two to four hour long episodes that's right, right. you heard right we have some four well, I, hour. <laughs> i'm kind of treating this sort of as one of our i know it's it's your podcast andrew but yeah. I'm, I'm i'm considering this basically the effort we would have <laughs> yeah the effort we would I have mean, put into an episode we put into doing this so this is a pretty you got you did a lot of like good research for this oh, thank you and i watched some of the episodes <laughs> <laughs> some of the episodes were watched by some of the podcast uh, i i hold the sole distinction of not speeding up uh, Jerry Lewis. <laughs> that, that will be on my gravestone. It'll be uh, he who did not speed up Jerry Lewis. I watched a full down. episode of this show for some reason. <laughs> I uh, watched a full. I'm so sorry, Andrew. I say, I'm so sorry I made you watch some of these. I'm so sorry to no, both of no. you. No, no. Yeah, I feel bad for Sarah. I'm sorry that you had to watch some of it's this. It's fine. I, I made my executive decisions to skip a couple of them based on like <laughs> having gotten everything I felt I needed out of the previous things. Anyway, no, it was fun though. It it was good. Like I, I was telling, <clears throat> I was telling Dax uh, off mic. I think that the coolest part of this is like 
getting to the credits and seeing Don Bluth's name. Because it's like, oh, yeah. No, it, <laughs> that sounded bad. The coolest part of all this is when the episode was over. Um, no, but it was like. No, but it is neat to see yeah. his name in this older stuff. And you're like, huh, look at that. I mean, it just is fun because you realize like, oh, yeah, humble beginnings. Yeah. For... And cause, well, we, and, and a lot of this stuff did have a big cultural yeah. impact, whether whether you really know it or not. But Well, I think, yeah, this was something that we didn't talk about on our podcast. And we've talked about so much. <laughs> really so much of the stuff that he's done and going back and talking about like what he did at Disney so this is just like another piece of the Don Bluth puzzle so you know even though they weren't like the greatest things I've ever watched it's like yes finally I understand what he was doing between 1967 and 1971 or whatever right <laughs> oh, I'm... missionary work yeah which is crazy now we gotta uh, do an episode know. about his missionary work <laughs> No, I'm glad we went over this because yeah, I don't I don't know if we would have mm-hmm. otherwise. Um, and it seemed like the perfect kind of esoteric crossover between our <laughs> podcast. Probably use that word a couple times yeah. here, but it's it's it is it's funny to be like yeah, Don Bluth was involved in Archie and Sabrina yeah. of all things, <laughs> which you yeah, just it was just don't... like a weird it was a weird confluence yeah. of uh, of everything. You know, it's just. Uh... And bizarre, the, bizarre how it all works out. And the fact that we already both Sarah and I already knew you mm-hmm. f- because of other reasons is <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, why not? Let's do this. This is a, when else in my uh, life am I ever going to have cause to look back at these things? You know, you know, uh, you know. Every time that I I look through my iTunes purchases and I see um, Holiday in the Sun, the um, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen movie, I go, oh yeah. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That was from the, the Weezer podcast because there's a Weezer song in a Mary-Kate and Ashley film. So <laughs> we watched an entire feature-length Mary-Kate and Ashley film for a brief And for whatever reason, moment. iTunes did not have a rental option <laughs> in Canada. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm spending $10 and buying this. Cool. It's going to be here forever. And it's going to be the one thing that they don't lose the license to. So eventually all my iTunes purchases will disappear, but it will stay. It's like that U2 album. Like You can't get rid of it. <laughs> can't get rid of it. It's uh, there forever. Yeah. And similarly, the the groovy ghoulies are mm-hmm. imprinted. Now, uh, <laughs> the Archie, I... I will, I will forever appreciate um, the old Archie cartoon in a new light yeah, uh, yeah. because of having done this. Mm-hmm. So, well, um, that's well, that's great. Where where uh you know just you know where can they find the podcast? Find you guys and just you know get more cartoony so, so, goodness. So Sarah, do you want to try? You could, our podcast yeah. is called the Bluth. The whole Bluth. And, and nothing, nothing but, but the blue. <laughs> wow, See, it can't really be done. Slow. <laughs> we can't do it. We can't do it because 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 we're recording be, like, remotely. Looking at someone to do it, you know. And nothing but the blue. There we go. Um, uh, it's a long title, yeah. but that's the joke. Because uh, our podcast is long as well. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, go find us we're on, on all the pod thingies. Mm-hmm. Uh, our social media is. Nothing but Sarah. the Bluth on Instagram, and then on Facebook we're the whole name, and we don't have a Twitter because you know what? We don't. We don't need one. We don't have a Twitter because we oh, couldn't yeah. do nothing but the Bluth, and the whole Bluth was because because nothing but the Bluth was Look, too long. There's a the character, character limit on Twitter for names that did not work with us. So. And, and the whole Bluth was taken by a uh, an Arrested Development 
uh, <laughs> it really was. Not, that's not a joke. <laughs> this true. is true. But we do have the whole booth at gmail.com. Yeah. That's our that's our email. Yeah, anyway, you can email us if you want. Thanks for letting us plug. Yeah. And, and, and Sarah, where oh. where can people find you? I'm uh, just acting like no, it's... yeah, <laughs> um, no, like. I also, uh, well, I do a podcast called The Percast, which is about cats. I do that with my friend Steven, and Andrew was a guest on that. And I also used to do a podcast. It's pretty much done, I think. I mean, you know, we never know. We may come back to it. But, uh, you know, podcasts are a lot of work and time. So uh, there was a podcast called uh, Weezer Has Turned and Left Us Here, which is a Weezer podcast. And Andrew was so on some, two episodes. Someone, some might say that Weezer Has Turned and Left Us Here has turned and left us here. <laughs> So okay, so this is good to know because I haven't been watching Frozen two just from the off chance that yeah, like because I wanted it, it to be fresh if I ever came back on the podcast. <laughs> so now I can actually watch it. I was like, because I remember that was the last thing we talked about, and I was like, all right, you know what? People have been like, hey, let's watch Frozen two, and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> I'm saving it. I'm saving it. So it's yeah. fresh and new. Yeah, go ahead and watch it. We would have, we would have had you on for that, but yeah, go ahead and watch it. But you know, we have like fifty some episodes of that Weezer podcast, so go go check it out. And Andrew was on two episodes. And um, I can be found on Instagram at Sarah Iyer if you want to see photos of my cats, because we all know that you do. And I have black cats because you know what? Black cats are witches' cats, not orange cats. So right, yeah. And don't follow her on Twitter. No, I'm not on Twitter. Um, Go (laughs) where are you, Dax? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I am at Dax Schaefer on Instagram, Twitter, and all the things. Dax is an Uh, artist and an animator too, by the way. In case anyone didn't know. I draw things uh, and I work on music things too. Yeah. Um, like the theme song to this podcast <laughs> that you're listening to. <laughs> yeah. Like to uh, sorry. For... I should, uh, I felt like I should have had, I always like, I, uh, cause sometimes when you introduce people and like start naming off their projects, they're just like, stop it. Stop doing it. <laughs> stop doing it. Don't that. do it anymore. Don't do it. And I'm always like, oh, and I don't want to make someone uncomfortable by just like naming how great they are for like five <laughs> oh, minutes. So maybe. I always, no, you brought nervous. it, you brought it up the, you brought up us working on the yeah. the theme at the beginning, but 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 yeah, like uh, if if you ever want a podcast theme, like contact me and me and my buddy Annalise. Yeah, and we'll they do Write something maybe. Um, they are the best, so make sure to go. And there. and Andrew, where can people find your podcast <laughs> and you? I was I was about to just transition. I, this will be the only podcast episode in the in the history of me having to edit this podcast where I'm not the one who talks the most. It's, it's amazing. It's going to be amazing. I I love it because yeah, it means I might actually yes. be able to listen to it someday. No, because I appreciate. feel maybe I've been overcompensating because I feel like last time when I was here, I don't know if I was as talk i can't remember but i feel like i wasn't as interjecty or like didn't bring as much because i was a little out of my element with riverdale and i was letting like annalise talk most of the time so i was trying to bring more to the table here so i hope i didn't know that's okay last time i was really nervous to do the podcast because i respect you guys so much so i was fairly drunk during that podcast (laughs) so there you go (laughs) i had like been like all right i gotta like jingle the nerves and then i was drunk Oh, thank you. This has been an honor being yeah, here. Thank you for having so great. us on. Thanks for yeah, inviting us. We'll talk about animation anytime. Yeah, animation for life. Yeah. And if you, listeners, would like to follow the podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at mpodcastm, or we have a Patreon where we're this week we're talking about the Star Trek episode Arena because Gorns are kind of like dinosaurs, and I do another podcast called Triassic Park, <laughs> and you know anything that's vaguely reptilian and on a television show I cover on the Patreon just for fun. <laughs> um, so as always, blame the CW. Goodbye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Watch Archie and Sabrina. <laughs>